Super Talk Mississippi media production. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Friday afternoon, the Friday after Thanksgiving, the Friday after the Egg Bowl. This is Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Thanks for being with us, Richard Cross, Michael Borky, and Brian Haydad. Uh, perhaps more than any day all year long, we want to hear from you on the ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. That's the number again, 601 879 4395. Glad to be with you in the Pearl River Resort studios. Visit PearlRiverResort.com. I'm, my apologies, I suppose, for not having some uh, theatrical entrance for you on the show. No Ric Flair, no sunglasses, no yelling and screaming. I, I don't know. Late night, quick turnaround, here we go. It's in the books, and, and I, I have a little bit of sadness. It has nothing to do with the outcome of the game, but... The college football regular season has gone so fast, and it's over now. The regular season for Mississippi State and for Ole Miss is over. Obviously, there's a bowl game, and we'll spend plenty of time talking about those and scenarios and where they're going, but a little bit of sadness that it's over because this has been a fun year. It's been an entertaining college football season. Last night, we get the... um, what, the 94th edition of the Battle for the Golden Egg, the 118th meeting all-time between Mississippi State and Ole Miss. Weather was kind of like it's supposed to be for an Egg Bowl. It was cold and windy and a little rainy. And Ole Miss won, uh, 31-21. And there's so many different ways, guys, that we can break down the game, that we can talk about the game. Missed opportunities for Mississippi State, that's one of the storylines. But I think it's pretty clear, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, if you have a different... Uh, feeling, I think Ole Miss was the better football team last night, and the better football team won the game at the most basic level. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. You know, and I, I talked about it on the podcast, and I talked, you know, we'll talk about it now that when we strip away the rivalry and we strip away, you know, the names and and the emotion and all that, you got the number eight team on, in the nation traveling to an unranked team. So, you know. When you just look at it like that, if Ole Miss was traveling yesterday to play Kentucky or or Tennessee or anybody else, you know they would have probably been a monster favorite in that game, and they weren't in this one because you know rivalry, home field, and State had been playing really well coming into the game. But there's no doubt after watching this game that Ole Miss is the better football team this season, and 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 they should be. They have a elite quarterback. They have a lot of great skill position talent around them, and they got better defensively, which is what we've been saying for the last three or four years. If they could ever be good defensively, watch out. Well, now you see. Borky? Yeah, that feels right. Yours. I mean, yeah, how much time do you have? But but that that's really uh, what happened last night. Now, now, there's a lot of conversation about that absolute disaster before the half, three drop touchdown passes and a missed field goal, you know, what could have been. 
If that changes, there's also a lot of people talking about a particular holding call in a second and 23 that was converted by Ole Miss that was not called. But things kind of even themselves out in this game. And, and I, I mean, it's hard to deny after watching what you watched last night, if you're looking at it with any level of objectivity, which team was better. That we hear all the time, oh, the Egg Bowl is just, you know, throw out the record books, throw out this, throw out that. This game is so unpredictable and... Uh, really, last night was about how uh, the the number nine team in the country going on the road to an unranked team should have gone. It, it was a tough challenge. Uh, State's got good players, obviously. They made it difficult for Ole Miss's offense at times. Uh, Ole Miss's receivers could not get vertical separation last night. So it, it's not like it came easy. But one team was better than the other more consistently this season. One team made fewer mistakes last night. That team was Ole Miss. They win the game, and now they get to sit and wait and figure out which access bowl they're going to. It's kind of funny you say Ole Miss made fewer mistakes. They had more penalties, and they had the game's only turnover, which Richard Cross was almost a Jet Johnson pick six. I was thinking that as it was happening. I was going to text you in the stadium if that had happened. That we got during the uh, during the course of the game. Uh, I'm sorry, not during the course of the game, but on Wednesday afternoon, yeah. some, some outlandish predictions. There were predictions of four made field goals by Mississippi State. Well, there were four attempted, two made, yeah. and two that were missed. So, you know, it wouldn't be impossible have, for that to have happened. We almost got there on the jet. He had one man to beat. He just he couldn't get there. It was a he really did. heady play by him as well. He baited yeah. Corral into that. Uh, yeah. it, not not a good read from the quarterback, obviously, but still he was baited into it. That was a, that was a heady play uh, by that guy. But uh, other than that, I, I mean, State's mistakes were costly. Mm-hmm. Uh, more impactful positions on the field, and uh, th- that was largely the difference. Mm. And they couldn't block Sam Williams. No, no, that they, they couldn't. He was he was a beast, but it wasn't just Sam Williams. You know, the, it, there was something that surprised me. I, I I don't know exactly the right way for us to go through this entire game. I was a little surprised that Ole Miss did not bring more pressure. Largely, it was a three-man rush last night for Ole Miss where they got pressure, and they were pretty good at the ends of the line of scrimmage. They moved Cedric Johnson around some. There were times where they had him lined up at the nose. Uh, there were times where you know he was lined up on the outside. Sam Williams was a beast. There were we didn't get a ton of it, but we got some Sam Williams versus Charles Charles Cross, and that was a heck of a matchup. There are folks that are complaining about a holding call. Uh, you know the, what Borky referenced to the second ago in the third and twenty-two was that a hold? Absolutely, it was a hold, no doubt, no question. Holding. Sam Williams got held about fifteen times last night. Also, that it wasn't called. There was also but, a pretty pathetic face mask call that kind of that, that balanced that out too. I mean, it wasn't even. I don't know if you guys could see it from your vantage point, but the one that was called in Jamon Gordon. He absolutely did not even touch or come anywhere close to grabbing his face mask at all. He grabbed his right shoulder pad, and it jerked his body around, and they called what they thought they saw as opposed to what they saw yeah. and gave stated automatic first down. So those things kind that of That was the headlinesman who had to camp out next to uh, Lane Kiffin immediately after that play and for the next several number of plays, and uh, he, he, got, um, he got an earful. Yeah, they showed on the broadcast Lane yelling at him, and he pointed up at the scoreboard. I assume they were showing the replay. And the ref looked and then made this face right here. He went, like, yeah, shoot, I missed that one badly. 
Yeah, but, but it's not a reviewable play. You can't, you can't change it at that point. You can't look at the video board and change a call, but you, you could see his face because Lane's behind him, so Lane couldn't see his face, but he looked up and saw it, and he he did that, mm, oops, like, yeah, I blew that one. But largely, I, I don't – I mean, officiating wasn't really a factor in this game, I don't think. No, was I was going to say that. I mean, hey, Dad, you're like the biggest critic of officials that is out there. I thought overall it was a pretty well-officiated game. They yeah, got the I mean, targeting absolutely right on on Mark Robinson. Uh, turning over the targeting call on the field on Kedron Smith was the right call. He got in with his shoulder first. Yeah, I thought I thought there was nothing egregious in this game for sure. A couple of missed calls on both sides, but nothing that made me just want to lose my mind. That targeting, my gosh, Mark Robinson. I mean, I mean, his his story is a great one. I mean, playing running back his entire career until he gets to Ole Miss and walks on and becomes a starter and plays really well. But now there's a chance you get to play in the Sugar Bowl, dude. And now you're going to miss the first half of it because of just a stupid hit. This just That is the, the exact reason why they have targeting in the game. That hit right there. like It's just not debatable. They didn't even have to go to review. They have to review it. It's really dumb. And I feel for him because his last college snaps will be in the second half of a bowl game. Chase in Columbus says, I have figured out the move for the Egg Bowl going forward. You lay some money with Ole Miss. If Ole Miss wins, you make money. If State wins, you call it your payment for a win. suppose that's one way to look at it. Yeah. If you're frustrated with a loss, at least you got a little extra jingle in the bank account. Uh, otherwise, well, your team won and you don't really care if you lost a little bit of money when it is uh, when it's all said and done. Is there a play... A single play in the game that you can look at and say it was the most important play of the football game? I got two. Okay. Uh, One for State and one for Ole Miss. And really when I say I have two, I have the first one is three. If State catches any one of those three passes at the end of the first half and goes in the locker room up 13-10, maybe a different ball game. Maybe a different ball game. You get the ball to start the second half. Maybe, maybe you got some momentum, but they didn't catch any of them in one of the most comical series, sequence of events you'll ever see. Three touchdowns drop, and then and we it just played here. If you're watching us at SuperTalkTV.com a few minutes ago, uh, it was a first down play where they swing the ball out to I think to Drummond, and Forbes misses a tackle, which he would normally make. And it would have been like a loss of one or right at the line. Instead, it turns into a huge gain for Ole Miss, and it sets up their their touchdown in the second half. That that play oh, to was, me was that stood the out. one where he kind of beat him to the corner and then was able to kind of run down the sideline. He had Mingo yeah. out in front as a lead blocker. Yeah. Turns into yeah. a 34, 35 yard play. Yeah. Really bad angle one. taken from a really yeah. good cornerback. Yeah, but those three I, drop passes in the first half, man. I mean, that that's killer. Did Fred Peters play the best game of his career? Played all right. He played good. He played good. He was a machine tackling last night for Mississippi State. All right, when we come back, let's look at this game from an Ole Miss perspective, and then we'll flip it around, and we'll look at it from a Mississippi State perspective in the segment after that. Sports Talk Mississippi just getting started with you. Friday after the Egg Bowl, Ole Miss won at 31-21 last night. Hi, I'm Billy Kinder, host of Big Billy Kinder Outdoors. Hear the show Saturdays at 1, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Turkeys, whitetail, Grenada Lake crappie, or Gulfport redfish. We enjoy it all, especially when you're in camp with us on Super Talk Mississippi. 
keeping you up to date with news, weather, and politics that affect you and your family. Up to the minute reports on air and always online at supertalk.fm. Your statewide news network, Supertalk Mississippi News at supertalk.fm. The Dean's List with Janice Dean. A military veteran who doesn't let a disease stop him from doing what he loves the most makes today's Dean's List. Norman Greenstein is known as the Parkinson's painter. In high school, his art teacher said he'd never make it as an artist. So he did other things for a career. He still did his art from time to time, but never as a full-time job. But after being diagnosed with Parkinson's three years ago, Norman decided to take up his passion again, full-time, and wanted to raise awareness for those that live with the same illness. Gabe Greenstein says his father continues to fight through his challenges to do what he loves. An online gallery was launched to feature his beautiful art. In 2018, Norman, who lives in Hartford, Connecticut, began selling his first paintings, with galleries exhibiting his work. The team is also working on releasing Norm's first digital art collection. Well done, Norman. Keep on doing what you love. That's what life is all about. Janice Dean, Fox News. Gallo knows Mississippi better than anyone. No one gets better interviews than him. Gallo. He asks all the questions everybody wants to know. Mornings on Super Talk Mississippi. Keeping you up to date with news, weather, and politics that affect you and your family. Up to the minute reports on air and always online at supertalk.fm. Your statewide news network, Super Talk Mississippi News at supertalk.fm. This is Fox on Justice. Google in the spotlight as an unredacted version of a lawsuit filed by Texas AG Ken Paxton on behalf of 15 states charges the company with rigging the online advertising market and squashing the competition. Google operates AdEx, the largest electronic trading market for online ads in existence, processing 11 billion online ad spaces every day. The company also owns the largest buy side and sell side online ad brokers and colluded with Facebook to maintain its competitive position. The result? Well, according to the suit, the company dominates the business, taking a 22 to 42 percent cut of all ad spending. One senior Google employee admitting the analogy would be if Goldman or Citibank owned the New York Stock Exchange. Google, for its part, says the lawsuit is riddled with inaccuracies. Jerry Willis, Fox News. Of America's music. This is Super Talk Mississippi. Streaming live 24 7 at supertalk.fm. Sports Talk Mississippi. Do you ever get so excited that you just can't wait? Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams. I've been waiting my whole life for this. Don't touch that dial. Here on Super Talk Mississippi. <laughs> Don't worry. It's that time of year. Here we go. Just this one today. Here oh, we man. go. Christmas tree going up the cross house this weekend. Same. Oh, yeah. Sunday, yeah. My, my wife, had uh, we had agreed that Sunday was going to be the day, and at lunch today, she's like, yeah, we may need to start kind of pulling out the Christmas stuff tomorrow. I was like, I thought we were doing that Sunday. She's like, it might be a multi-day event. I was like, oh, great. Can't wait for that. So, uh, yeah. Sunday here, too. So. 
start start feeling like a uh, a little bit of a, a little Christmas spirit around the cross hacienda and others as well. Glad to be with you. You want to be a part of the conversation? Ceasefire text line 601-879-4395. Let's try this. I mentioned this before the break. Let's take this segment of the show, this next 14 minutes, 11 minutes, I guess it is, and talk about this game purely from the perspective of Ole Miss. And then in the next segment of the show, we'll flip it around and we'll talk about the game purely from the perspective of Mississippi State. So I thought the biggest swing in the game, you think about Mississippi State's game against Arkansas? Think about Mississippi State's game against Auburn. Down early, different field of the game last night, but down early, they score right before the half, they get the ball to start the second half, and they score on their opening possession of the second half, and it has that two-for-one feel, and you really get the momentum going. Mississippi State gets the ball with roughly two minutes left in the first half, trailing 10-6, to and they drive the ball down the field. Hey, I was talking about the drops a second ago. And drop, 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 got to try and kick a field goal, missed field goal going into the locker room. So Ole Miss carries the lead, and they're fortunate, very fortunate, to have a halftime lead given what Mississippi State was almost able to do in the first half. Come out of the locker room, Mississippi State gets the ball first. I think they got a – it wasn't a three and out, I don't think. Was it a three and out? They got a first down and then next three were were no good. Uh, uh, Okay, so a, a quick possession there and they have to punt it away. And so I thought that was a massive Missed momentum opportunity for Mississippi State. Momentum, potential momentum gaining opportunity for Ole Miss. Because honestly, it felt like they dodged a couple of bullets. Part of the message in the halftime locker room that DJ Durkin had to the defense, he said, guys, he said, Mississippi State is in its locker room right now, and they're saying we are a second-half team. He said, and guess what? They scored a bunch of points in the second half. They've been a better second-half team this year. My question is, are you guys going to be a second-half defense? So he challenged his defense, and offensively, Ole Miss felt like they missed opportunities in the first half as well. And they did. There's some drops. The very first play of the game should have been a 17-yard gain. Surprised they didn't review that, by the way. It may have ended up being incomplete anyway, but he did catch the football, land, and after he is on the ground, it gets ripped out of his hands. They they certainly should have at least looked at it, but Ole Miss went too fast and they they didn't buzz down. And and also, on the fourth down call, uh, I made a joke about the the Lane Kiffin... uh, Analytics and Company, that those mm-hmm. three points were brought to you by Lane Kiffin Analytics and Company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if Crowell pulls that football, if he makes a different Ooh. read, he's got 30, 40 yards of running room in front of him. Yeah, yeah you're, you're right about that. And Lane Kiffin said in his press conference after the game, he said, we were trying to change the play there, but they couldn't hear us. They were whistling and jumping up and down and screaming and yelling. Uh, Lane Kiffin had lots of thoughts about cowbells last night, including yeah. a thought with me. They were not uh, ringing responsibly. No, there wasn't any of that last night. It was just not ring so them much. and ring them and ring them some more. Say what? Not so much. No. Is it always? I, I feel like there have been times where, like, the video board, like, flashes to ring responsibly. And yeah. It's like, 
yell no yeah. bell. I didn't see any of that last night. wasn't wasn't as much last night for what for some reason. I don't know what it was. Yeah, yeah, go figure. It was loud in there last night. I, I know it was the biggest crowd of the season. It wasn't completely sold out. It was a really good crowd, especially considering the uh, weather conditions. Uh, big old nope for the uh, the weatherman who said it was going to stop raining at kickoff and never stop. It basically never stopped raining until about, what, five, six, seven minutes to go in the game. There wasn't a lot of time left, and swirling rain. I mean, you look up in the lights, and the, it was just like a tornado of rain. It was something that was crazy. And the, the funny thing is, it wasn't necessarily raining that hard, but it was no. like a thick mist that yeah. was swirling. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, it was something. So, yeah. um, Ole Miss then follows the stop up with a drive where they stick it in the end zone. And it made it a two-score game. And I thought that touchdown run by Snoop Connor was huge. You know, Ole Miss had already gone for it once on fourth down. And, I, and early in the ball game, early in the game, there was no room to run the football up the middle. But Ole Miss stuck with that, and they were able to kind of, I don't know if they got a little better on the offensive line or if, you know, whatever the reason, they had some more success running the football. But that touchdown run for Snoop Connor that made it 17-6, to that was a Snoop Connor run. I mean, he got met at the one-yard line, lowered his shoulder, bowled over a guy, and then just kind of plowed his way into the end zone. Just... It reminds you of times earlier this season where they've had goal-to-go situations and gave the football to somebody, not him. How much of a mistake that was. I mean, that's, yeah. that's where and he had thrives. an ankle injury at the end of the game, too. I mean, that's why he wasn't in on the, the final drive. Right. Um, and Ely did just fine in his place, obviously. But I felt like in that moment the game was over. I know there was still a lot of football to be played. But with, as you mentioned, the way Old Miss's defense was playing in the second half, what well, was it, the first four state possessions were punt, punt, turnover on downs, turnover on downs. When Ole Miss scored to go up two scores, I, I started making notes for, like, okay, here's what I think about now that the game has ended. Yeah. In that moment, I really did. So a lot of football to be played after that. But it felt like that was like, all right, Ole Miss is winning tonight. This drive made that clear. Statistically, Matt Corral did not have an eye-popping game. But he, he runs for 50 or so, 45, whatever the number was, and throws it for 229, I think, has a touchdown pass, throws a, an interception, and, and he just threw it to the wrong guy. I mean, he had he had the inside slant open, and he tried to force it to the outside, and Jet Johnson made a good play on it. But if all you're looking at with Matt Corral is statistics – you're doing it wrong. And I'm not even talking about Heisman Trophy or Connerly Trophy or whatever else. The way that football team responds to him, he is their alpha. He is their leader. He encourages. He makes the right decisions. And said to the team in a team meeting on Wednesday night, not listening to Levy, I'm not sliding in this game. He may have slid once, but I don't remember it if he did. I, I don't remember it either. It was, and, and this is a guy who, you know, for the last five games has, you know, self preservation to slide, trying to avoid the, injuring the ankle anymore. 
I think you had a Matt Corral last night who knew, I got a month before I play another football game. There's time for this ankle to heal. I'm just getting through this game tonight. And he ran hard and made big plays with his feet. Of course. I mean, that's that's the extra dimension that he has. I mean, the arm talent is obviously there. The, the pocket awareness is there. The elusiveness is there. But also, if you give him a sliver of space, he'll beat you with his feet. I had somebody tell me last night that he did a great job of managing the game. And so many people take that as a negative. Oh, he's a game manager. Well, as we said before... Ole Miss's receivers downfield struggled to get separation last night. There there weren't a lot of deep shots to be had. They were either covered or whatever the case may be. On the road, miserable conditions, windy, raining, big rivalry game, big crowd, and yet, with the exception of one mistake, didn't didn't force anything, made plays, and, and kept his composure. It, it wasn't too terribly long ago that Matt Corral had a helmet off, you know, in a fight in an egg bowl. There was none of that yesterday. He was totally, completely composed, and you could tell that his team was feeding off of his energy but his calmness. And he managed a difficult game in sloppy conditions, and because of that, they won that game. Yeah. You, you don't always have to throw for 500 yards to have a great game as a quarterback. I, I talked earlier about how good a game Fred Peters had. The spin move that Matt Corral put on Fred Peters at the two-yard line to scoot his way into the end zone. What? Hey, Dad, you're the video game guy. What button is that? Is that the X button? Circle. That's the circle? Yeah. He hit the circle button, and it was impressive. Really, really impressive. But Ole Miss did not do a great job up three scores with seven minutes to go in managing the clock. They did a lot of snapping the football with 24, 28, 30 seconds left on the play clock that when you get down to the end and those seconds are so incredibly precious, you go, you know, you really could have burned another minute and a half if you had just kind of slowed down a little bit. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be back. He doesn't accept the narrative. He questions it. We're just getting to the bottom of this. Gallo. Every single morning from 6 to 9. Super Talk Mississippi. No other news team covers the Magnolia State like Super Talk Mississippi News. On air with reports every hour and breaking news as it happens. Your news all the time. On air and online at supertalk.fm. This is House Call for Health. Drug overdose deaths in the United States topping 100,000 annually. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention's National Center for Health Statistics releasing provisional data showing 100,306 overdose deaths during a 12-month period ending in April of this year. That's an increase of nearly 29% or more than 78,000 deaths from the same period the previous year. Many of the overdose increases came from synthetic opioids, primarily fentanyl, methamphetamine, cocaine, and natural and semi-synthetic opioids. The CDC says overdoses can be prevented using several strategies. Enhance linkage to care. Reduce high-risk prescription drug use. Increase distribution of and access to naloxone. That's a non-addictive, life-saving drug that can reverse the effects of an opioid overdose when administered in a timely manner. And increase access to risk reduction service. For more health news, go to foxnewshealth.com. House Call for Health. I'm Lisa Brady. Fox News. 
Join us each Sunday at 7.30 a.m. for the Word of Truth here on Super Talk Mississippi. That's the Word of Truth each Sunday at 7.30 a.m. on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station or online at supertalk.fm. 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 Your one stop for all the news that matters in the Magnolia State. Supertalk.fm. Everything you need to know at your fingertips. Supertalk.fm. Take a pause. Oh, hold on. Let me grab that. Take a pause. Hello? Uh, All right, Baxter. Let me get back to you. Now, what if your dog could call you at any time that they wanted to? Dr. Ileana Hersky-Douglas at the University of Glasgow has been working on that. There are already plenty of gadgets that let you talk to your dog remotely, but the doctor wanted to come up with a device that lets the dogs do the dialing. Animals can be active users of technology. She said she put her device inside a ball and connected that to her laptop at home so when her dog, Zach, would shake that ball, the laptop would come on and dial into her at work with a video call. When we first demonstrated the ball to him, he got like a, a bit confused, he whined a bit. Um, but after that, he was perfectly fine with it. Dog phone isn't ready for market yet, but soon you may be able to knick-knack, patty-whack, give the dog a phone. Take a pause. Jill Nato, Fox News. I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. A woman is in custody in Hattiesburg for allegedly kidnapping her four children. Wednesday, a missing and endangered child alert was issued by Jones County authorities after they received a tip from Child Protective Services. The children who were with Kashana Jackson at the time of her arrest were safe. Jackson reportedly had previously been arrested in Laurel on two counts of felony child abuse, and the children were removed from her custody. At one point, the prevalence of meth was so bad the average person was wasn't allowed to buy Sudafed, one of the ingredients used to make it over-the-counter. Those laws have been changed, yet we're still seeing a rise in overdoses. Colonel Stephen Maxwell with the Mississippi Bureau of Narcotics says he doesn't see a correlation. Uh, I would attribute those drug-related overdose deaths to the prevalence of, of fentanyl being sold in the illicit market. I'm Kelly Bennett. Hello, I'm Will Noble from Moore, Mississippi. I'm proud to be a catfish farmer, and being selected as Mississippi's Catfish Farmer of the Year means a lot to me. I pride myself in raising healthy fish for you to enjoy, and they were raised right here in America. So please make sure you and your family are receiving the best U.S. farm-raised catfish. This message is brought to you by the Catfish Institute. For more information, visit uscatfish.com. Play the newly renovated Dancing Rabbit. Golf Magazine's The Augusta You Can Play. In the rolling hills of Mississippi, it's one of the Southeast's most awarded destinations. Dancing Rabbit boasts two critically acclaimed Par 72 courses, the Oaks and the Azaleas. With great stay-and-play packages starting at just $143, Dancing Rabbit will quickly become your home away from home. Only at Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, a Pearl River Resort destination, Choctaw, Mississippi. Visit DancingRabbitGolf.com to book your tee time. Get the news that matters to Mississippi on Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Each weekday starting at 10 a.m., Gerard brings you a spirited debate on the key stories of the day with the newsmakers and powerful reporting on the issues you care about. Listen on your local Super Talk station or anywhere you get Super Talk Mississippi. And watch the show live on Ceasefire Channel 70, Super Talk TV, and on the Super Talk Mississippi app. 
education system is a go. Go. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Exactly. on this Friday afternoon. With Michael Borky and Brian Haydad, I'm Richard Cross. It's always good to be with you. We're going to talk some high school football in the 4 o'clock hour. Will East will stop by. We'll also visit with Bruce Marshall. And uh, Bruce will give us some of his picks this weekend in rivalry weekend in college football. Final game uh, games of the regular season. Championship weekend is next weekend and then next Sunday. So one week from day after tomorrow, nine days from now. It's not a very good way of describing nine days. One week from day after one tomorrow. One week from the day after tomorrow. <laughs> it's a Sounds like a bad sequel to that movie. Nine days from now, we will get um, we'll get the official word on where everybody is going. Hey, Dan, if you had to guess right now, where would you mm-hmm. guess for Mississippi State? I think I'm going to stick to what I've been saying for the past few weeks, which is the Texas Bowl, the one yeah. bowl in that group of six tier that they have not been to. Uh, so if I'm a Bulldog fan, I'm thinking January 4th in Houston. January 4th in Houston, and that's at NRG Stadium. It's a great building, by the way. Yeah. Fun trip, probably, too. I, probably playing somebody like Iowa State, maybe maybe Kansas State, something like that. Kansas State, uh, uh, Texas finally broke the uh, the Pam curse. By the way, pole assassins yeah. monkey. They got they, they, they got, got over the hump win. and got a win. They played really really good defense in the second half of that game. Kansas State could do nothing. If not the Texas Bowl, then where? Nashville. No, I mean just just there two years ago. Liberty and Duke's Mayo would be the next two on my list. Memphis is where State would take the biggest crowd, but that's not a trip that anybody's like super fired up about, right? And that's why I'm, I don't know if it would be the biggest crowd or not because it's, yeah, it but wouldn't it's just be. so easy. It's easy, but I mean, I, you know, I don't know. Make I, mean, the I drive, guess I guess get some good barbecue, have a beer. I mean, there's I, I more guess places to hang out than Memphis. You know, when you say the biggest crowd, it might be the most tickets sold, but not necessarily be a huge crowd if that makes sense. So you think State would take more people to Houston, Texas? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm saying they might sell the most tickets of those three going to Memphis, but I wouldn't necessarily. I won't think it would be a huge crowd or anything. Oh, so you don't? Yeah, it might. It might sell fifteen or twenty thousand tickets, but it's not one of those deals where thirty-five or forty thousand. Right. It's, it's not like twenty thirteen where they went up there and, and just took the stadium over. Yeah. I got you. That makes sense. From a state perspective, mm-hmm. let's look at last night. Everybody talks, hey, Dad, about the three drops right before halftime, and yeah. that's fine. But I feel like overlooked is the overthrow that Rodgers had early in the game where he, it was, was it Polk? Mm-hmm. 
wide open. I think I think the defender fell down. Yeah, you don't see a fade or something. Yeah, you don't see a fade that wide open usually. But he was. State State's first four drives, they got in, you know, with either into or within touching distance of the red zone, and everything that happened to them in the beginning of the season came back to them. They couldn't score. And they missed two field goals. I mean, even if you make just make the two field goals, it's a more interesting game down the stretch. So just poor execution, poor timing, poor penalties. Scott Lashley, I, I, I mean, we could talk the whole show about that. That I, I feel bad for the kid. I mean, I, I do. I don't. I talked about this on the podcast. I don't. And this is a coaching thing that I don't understand because I'm not a coach, but. I don't know how you can watch one player get beat over and over again and not just throw your hands up and go, we got to change something. We got to do something different because that's not working. But they didn't. They just let, they just left him out there. I mean, it's, there were times where Ole Miss basically had one guy between state's five offensive linemen because those ends were out so wide getting the head start to rush the passer. Yeah. And you asked about, you talked about Ole Miss and their defense a little bit. I mean, the drop eight for this one, that, that's what, that's what they do. That, that's, that's, this is their defense. They, this, it's almost built to stop what Mike Leach wants to do because they can rush the passer with three. And if you can do that, that's, that's a great start to beating Mike Leach. And Ole Miss, uh, certainly did that. You know, I mean, they, they controlled the game defensively. So they had six points with eight minutes to go. That, that, that's something, you know, I would never have guessed. Go back, go back to Wednesday, Richard. And if I tell you going into the fourth quarter, Ole Miss has 17 points. You probably think State's leading at that point, right? Yeah, probably so. I mean, obviously, I've seen that Ole Miss's defense has improved. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure we've given them enough credit, though. I'm not sure we've given that defense enough credit for just how much it has improved. Because if you look at, you know, the total defense statistics and whatever, they're still, what, 10th, 11th in the SEC, something like that. But from where they were a year ago, to where they are right now, mm-hmm. I mean, well, they did exactly planet. what we said. They did exactly what we said this off season. They don't have to be good; they just have to be better. Yeah, incremental they were better. improvement. I think was the the yeah. phrase that I used over and over and over. Well, that got them to ten and two. I mean, uh, that's pretty good. Pretty good. So for state, I mean, it's it's about missed opportunities. But then, like we said at the beginning of the show, Ole Miss is a better team, and so they won. You know, this is a, a team that's going to, you know, they're going to go up in the polls this week. They'll probably be seventh or sixth or something like that because there's going to be some, some moving around. There's a path now, I think, now for, for Ole Miss to get to the Sugar Bowl without Georgia beating Alabama. And that's, or I'm sorry, Alabama beating Georgia. And that's, you guys need, they need to cheer for Auburn tomorrow. Because if Auburn could beat Alabama and then Georgia could beat that's Alabama. I, I, well, this is the Iron Bowl, man. Crazier things have happened. Yeah, no, or Cincinnati to lose would would give Alabama more of a chance to make the playoffs. Well, I'm just saying that losses, a three loss like Alabama, if they could somehow lose the Iron Bowl, Ole Miss is jumping them. Let me ask you this, and I, I know this is getting away from talking specifically about the Mississippi State side of it. Mm-hmm. If Georgia boat races Alabama, could Ole Miss simply be ahead of them in the final college football playoff poll? Depends on what Ole Miss is ranked this week, right? This come on Tuesday. I mean, let's let's say Ole Miss is seven and Alabama's three, and then Alabama loses like forty-two like to seven, thirty-eight to ten, possibly forty-two oh, be tough to because you, fourteen. 
going to be tough because you know Alabama has the head to head with Ole Miss, but no, no, I, I could, and that's they, the that's the hold up there for me. Yeah, but if they get absolutely boat raced, possibly. What you really need this week is for Auburn to give Alabama an, a, a really tough game, at least to maybe drop them down to, to fourth, and then go from there. Yeah, yeah, you may be onto something there. So. Mike Leach in his post-game press conference, we'll play that for you coming up later in the show this afternoon. I, I think we will anyway. Um, he talked a lot about missed opportunities. How much of that was lack of execution on the offense and how much of it was that old missed defense we were talking about a second ago? It's a lot of both because State had some chances. Obviously, we talked about the three drop passes. State had a couple of other drop passes. Um, and something you talked about last week happened a lot. Not just getting sacks, but disrupting timing, making Rodgers move around in the pocket when he didn't want to, having just having him feel the pressure. It mm-hmm. happened all night long uh, to yeah. Mississippi State. So the Ole Miss defense gets a lot of credit, but State dug their own grave with some penalties and some drops and things of that nature. If I had told you going in that Will Rodgers would have 20 incompletions, would you have believed that? No. No, he had 26 the previous three games. Wow. Wow. And, I mean, his, because the number of balls that he threw, I mean, it was not an awful completion percentage. What, 38 right. divided by 58? I mean, it's still 66%. Yeah. 65.5%. That's a good number. It's just well off of the 76% for the season and the, like, 80%, 85% clip he's been throwing for the last – Month, mm-hmm. yeah, just it, not his best night. I don't, I don't know if the weather had anything to do with that. I don't think it did, and if it did, I, I'm not going to put any blame on that. Like I said, I mean, we, I know of four drops right off the top of my head, but there were some times he was just inaccurate with the football, and there were yeah. times where the pressure forced him to be inaccurate for the football, or he had to throw it away. I, I mean, he had at least what three throwaways, at least three in was... that game. When Mark Robinson had the sack on the delayed blitz early, that big sack that kind of mm-hmm. moved Mississippi State back, mm-hmm. didn't Rodgers spend some time in the injury tent on the sideline? You had Lovertich warming up on the sideline just for a minute, but he came right back. Yeah, he came. He wasn't in the tent for very long, so I, I don't. I, I don't think an injury played any role in this. Okay. Yeah, he was. And if it did, Will Rogers would left. never tell us. So. Yeah, no, I understand that. But I, I just wonder, I mean, obviously it was a left shoulder issue. That's what he came down on. He kind of held that arm close to him while he was down, and you know, they looked at him on the sideline. I just didn't know if, you know, like mechanically the off-throwing arm could have had any. He made a bunch of really good throws the rest of the game also. So, I mean, it's not like something that was affecting everything he did. I just didn't know if maybe that mechanically could have had him off a little bit. I really think, though, more than anything, it was the pressure. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I, I think he felt uncomfortable. We talked about it all week. That's what that's what the difference in the game was. Sports Talk Mississippi with you streaming at supertalk.fm, supertalktv.com. If you want to watch on this Friday afternoon, we'll be right back. Get the news that matters to Mississippi on Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Each weekday starting at 10 a.m., Gerard brings you a spirited debate on the key stories of the day with the newsmakers and powerful reporting on the issues you care about. Listen on your local Super Talk station or anywhere you get Super Talk Mississippi and watch the show live on C Spire Channel 70. 
Super Talk TV and on the Super Talk Mississippi app. This is Poll Paris with Fox News Director of Polling, Dana Blanton. Gas prices are at a seven-year high. No wonder most, 72%, say prices at the pump pose a financial hardship for their family. Our Fox News survey also asked, what should President Biden do to bring down prices? A majority says, take action. Relax regulations on domestic drilling or open strategic oil reserves. But one in four says, do nothing. Either keep costs high to discourage people from driving or let the market decide prices. A third of voters believe Biden is happy about higher gas prices because it'll spur use of alternative energy. A recent comment from White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki explains why they might think that. Look, our view is that the rise in gas prices over the long term makes an even stronger case for doubling down our investment and our focus on clean energy options. But it's hard to believe Biden's happy given the 10-point drop in his approval rating. I'm Dana Blanton. That's your poll Paris. When it comes to the outdoors, we are one. We live in one of the best places in America to enjoy the great outdoors. So let's talk about it. Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews. Mondays starting at noon here on Super Talk Mississippi. Presented by the Foundation Protecting Our Outdoors Heritage. Listen or watch the show anywhere you get Super Talk Mississippi. The Dean's List with Janice Dean. A military veteran who doesn't let a disease stop him from doing what he loves the most makes today's Dean's List. Norman Greenstein is known as the Parkinson's painter. In high school, his art teacher said he'd never make it as an artist. So he did other things for a career. He still did his art from time to time, but never as a full-time job. But after being diagnosed with Parkinson's three years ago, Norman decided to take up his passion again, full-time, and wanted to raise awareness for those that live with the same illness. Gabe Greenstein says his father continues to fight through his challenges to do what he loves. An online gallery was launched to feature his beautiful art. In 2018, Norman, who lives in Hartford, Connecticut, began selling his first paintings, with galleries exhibiting his work. The team is also working on releasing Norm's first digital art collection. Well done, Norman. Keep on doing what you love. That's what life is all about. Janice Dean, Fox News. When you listen to Super Talk, you hear our team working for you. Great information. Drilling down and getting to the core of the issues that impact you. They give you like the information you need to know. Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Mississippi Secretary of State Michael Watson. Over the holidays, I encourage you to not only reflect on this incredibly challenging past year, but also on the goodness, provision, and peace the Lord has provided. This Christmas, I hope you'll join me in taking the time to enjoy your family and friends with a grateful heart. From my family to yours, have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Want to infuse new flavor into your favorite recipes? Try Polk's Smoked Sausages or delicious ham steaks. Add Polk's Garlic and Green Onion Sausage in your spaghetti. It adds just the right amount of spicy flavor. Polk's Cajun Sausage is a family pleaser in your famous red beans and rice. Your Bayou Friends jambalaya is even better when you mix it with Polk's Ham and Sausage. And for Grandma's old-time chili recipe, kick it up with Polk's Original Beef or Pork Sausages. There's no buts about it, folks. Picky people pick Polk's. The Magnolia State to the world. You're listening to Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi at supertalk.fm. We're going to do right here is go back. And now back to back to the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. So let's get rolling on Super Talk Mississippi. <laughs> Josie's 
Ceasefire text line 601-879-4395. That is the best way for you to get in touch with us. Your thoughts on the game last night, anecdotes, just whatever stood out to you. We'd love to hear them. Here are a few. I know of at least two plays. Will's receivers did not even turn around. And that, with three drop passes in their hands, that's at least five to figure into the equation. Definitely some miscommunications last night. Jerry and Brookhaven, State got consistently beat on the edge. That surprised me. Surprise you? Um, I mean, when you're on a three-man front, that, that can happen. Um, I didn't I mean consistently beat. We're talking about the Ole Miss running game. They only averaged three and a half a carry. They only gave up 159 yards rushing. I wouldn't say they got consistently beat. And what was it when we were talking about keys I, I, earlier in the week? I said, you know, if Ole Miss rushes for 250, it's bad for Mississippi State. If they hold them mm-hmm. to 150, that's probably bad for Ole Miss. It was, mm-hmm. you know, slightly above the 150. I did think they ran it effectively, though. They got it, yards when they needed yards. Yeah. Ole Miss really, really good on third down. 11 of 18 on third down. On the flip side, Mississippi State goes 4 of 14 on third down. And Mike Leach mm-hmm. is not a guy that's going to go for it on fourth down, certainly as much as Lane Kiffin did. Rebels were only, what, 1 of 3 on third downs in the game. Where did Mississippi State finish? 2 of 4? Is that right? Mm, I think that's correct. I think that's right. Uh, I've got the team numbers right here. Where are they? Scroll, scroll, scroll. That's good radio. Uh, Yeah, 2 of 4 on fourth down. Uh, Tim in McGee says Ole Miss receivers dropped a lot of balls. Especially early. Yeah. They wasn't... It wasn't a perfect game by either side. I mean, I think that's what stands out on this deal is neither team played a perfect game or anywhere close to it. Yeah, conditions, I mean, you guys were there, looked miserable watching. Uh, I mean, just sideways rain and and stuff like that during most of it. But uh, a lot of this can be explained because State has good corners and good corners do good things, but I I was surprised at how little separation, uh, especially Braylon Sanders, was able to get downfield. They tried. Uh, there was one play where uh, Corral had Mingo wide open. It would have been a touchdown pass. Um, but State got enough pressure. Corral had to flush and, and he escaped the pocket. Ran for like five yards. Mingo was wide open and, and they were trying to get it to him. He just could not comfortably get the football out. Otherwise, it didn't look like they got a whole lot of separation downfield, like vertically downfield. Those corners are good. Really good. I mean, that that, that was that was not news. Um, I'm not sure that um, was it. Forbes and Lane Kiffin are going to be sharing holiday greetings with each other. Probably not on the Christmas card list with each other. Did you no. see the face that Kiffin made at him? Yeah, Forbes is saying something to him. He was just like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. It was a clean game, too. I mean, until the very end of the game when it's like the outcome is determined and yet you still got to play these last two minutes. Yeah. It got a little chippy at the very end. And you had the one deal where kind of the state guys came over toward the Ole Miss bench and, you know, whatnot. But nobody, not a lot of pushing and shoving. That's two years in a row that we've had that. Whether it's a reflection of the head coaches 
or who's on these teams or what. And I know some people like a nasty, chippy uh, Egg Bowl and Joe Tessitore and Greg McElroy want to talk about hate and fights and all that good stuff. I, I, I get it. That's good for TV. Purely from a viewing the game standpoint, it's a whole lot more more fun to just watch a football game. Yeah. I did see some comments, and I actually got a couple myself, that uh, Mike Leach, somebody said Mike Leach needs to figure out that the kumbaya stuff doesn't work. Well, then how do you explain Lane Kiffin being 2-0 in this game? Uh, maybe it's just now about football. But, like, if, another example for you. At the end of the game, on that untimed down, which, yeah, let's get players hurt on a play that the game is over and it can't affect the win or loss, but let's spend couldn't five even minutes the over under trying to figure it out. It couldn't affect the total or the spread either. Like it's not even a gambling reason to run that play. A completely meaningless play. And afterwards, you know, Roger Rogers comes up a couple yards short, and a couple old Miss players just kind of like you know helped him up and patted him on the butt and said, "Good game." Like even in that moment, they could have been like, "Yeah, you know, f you, whatever, we win." And it was just like, "Nah, you know, good game, dude. We'll see you later." Couple of fights in the stands around me, but other than that, oh, were there? Oh yeah. How many guys did you punch? I I stayed out of it. <laughs> That's I, the last thing I needed. Guys, I I do not understand this text message. Ole Miss plays like that in a bowl game, and they will get beat down by anybody ranked above them. Well, Wait, a you, you, they aren't likely if, to play anybody ranked above them in a bowl game. You, you mean if Ole Miss plays like that defensively and only gives up 21 points to an opponent and goes out and scores 31 without being at, like, peak offensive efficiency, they'll get beat down? Well, then no, he says it's a Photoshop of Kiffin in Florida gear, so he's kind of going through it today. Uh, okay, there you go. There you go. By the way, Matt Corral emphatically says post game he is playing in the bowl game for Ole Miss, yeah. which is cool. By the way, it's good we'll news for Ole Miss, no doubt. From the Magnolia State to the world, you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi at supertalk.fm. I'm Karen McHugh. A new variant of the coronavirus moves the U.S. and other nations to take swift action. The WHO panel has dubbed the new COVID-19 variant Omicron, which is the 15th letter of the Greek alphabet, which is how variants are named. They say early evidence suggests an increased risk of reinfection, and they're calling it a highly transmissible virus of concern, putting it in the same category that includes the Delta variant. The Omicron variant originated in southern Africa, and there's no immediate indication that it could cause more severe disease. Fox's Tonya J. Powers. In response, the White House orders new travel bans. President Biden is ordering new travel restrictions from South Africa and seven other Southern African countries. It's a precautionary measure, he says, from a new COVID variant. The restrictions begin Monday. Fox's Jared Halpern. America is listening to Fox News. This is Fox on Justice. Google in the spotlight as an unredacted version of a lawsuit filed by Texas AG Ken Paxton on behalf of 15 states charges the company with rigging the online advertising market and squashing the competition. Google operates AdEx, the largest electronic trading market for online ads in existence, processing 11 billion online ad spaces every day. The company also owns the largest buy side and sell side online 
online ad brokers and colluded with Facebook to maintain its competitive position. The result? Well, according to the suit, the company dominates the business, taking a 22 to 42% cut of all ad spending. One senior Google employee admitting the analogy would be if Goldman or Citibank owned the New York Stock Exchange. Google, for its part, says the lawsuit is riddled with inaccuracies. Jerry Willis, Fox News. I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Police are looking for a Meridian murder suspect that escaped from Singing River Hospital in Pascagoula early this morning. Asion Hopkins was in the hospital after being shot a couple of weeks ago in Moss Point. He's wanted in connection with two murders in Meridian, where there are 13 warrants against him for various charges. There will be an internal investigation into how Hopkins escaped. If you're one of the brave ones to hit the stores for Black Friday sales, here's what some of your fellow shoppers are looking for. I think it's always electronics. I, mean, I think that's always at the top of every list of things. A camera. Bobby. Teddy bear. Hey, You know, try to find what I can. Uh, things like experiences, for example, maybe purchasing a getaway on Airbnb for a family member. Those are two little outfits I bought myself. There's a lot of options for toys. My clothes. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Kelly Bennett. My son is not some statistic. My daughter's not a headline. My girl, she's not someone's agenda. What he? What she is. Is irreplaceable. COVID hospitalizations of young people have tripled since the start of summer. So I talked to my daughter's doctor about COVID vaccines. She said they're highly effective in preventing hospitalizations and deaths, even from the Delta variant. We can do this. Find vaccines near you at vaccines.gov. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. And action. Our favorite restaurant's open again. I'm so pumped to be back on campus. So happy the kids will be back in school. (laughs) Stop. Wait, I can't do this. Life is not back to normal. COVID is not over. I got my shot. Are you guys even vaccinated? The only way to beat this thing is for us all to be vaccinated. I mean, the variants are deadly. So please, please, please do it today. A message from the Mississippi State Department of Health. The Golden Egg Trophy is back in Oxford. Number nine ranked Old Miss kept Mississippi State out of the end zone for over 52 minutes of play in a 31-21 Egg Bowl victory over the Bulldogs in Starkville. ESPN caught up with quarterback Matt Corral after the game. I mean, it feels good. I mean, a rivalry win, that's a big one, but to do something this, this oh man, to do something this school has never done before, 10-2, 10, 10 regular season wins, man, it's, it's unbelievable. What makes him most proud? It's this team. It's what we were, what we were able to do. Because this is the same team that was with us when we were five and five, when we were lo- when we had losing records, and it was it was in us. You know, we just needed people to bring it out of us. And I, like I said, man, I'm, I'm speechless, and I couldn't be more proud of this group right here. Because everybody looked the other way on these kids, but we brought them together, and we we're stronger together, and, that, and it shows. The Revs now await a postseason game and destination. The kickoff date and time will be determined at a later date. I'm Kelly Bennett. Hey, sports fans. This football season, MDOT wants to ensure you get to your game day destination safely. So before you hit the road to watch your favorite team, be sure to download the MDOT Traffic app. The MDOT Traffic app is free for both Apple and Android devices. And remember to drive smart on the way to the game. That means buckling up, obeying the speed limit, and avoiding distracted driving, especially when traveling in work zones. For more information, follow at Mississippi DOT on Facebook and Twitter. 
at Pearl River Resort Casino, we're keeping it real safe for our employees and guests. Electrostatic spray, chip cleaning, and mass thermal temperature scanners are in use throughout the property, including advanced UV cleaning technology to keep rotating handrails safe to touch. State-of-the-art air filtration systems keep the air you breathe safe and clean. So get back and play at Pearl River Resort Casino. We're keeping it real. Real fun, real winning, real safe. From the birthplace of America's music, this is Super Talk Mississippi. Streaming live 24-7 at supertalk.fm. If it's sports in Mississippi, you'll hear about it here. Here, Sports Talk Mississippi. You like this show, huh? Yeah! Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, the home of the sports book at Timeout Lounge. Visit them online at PearlRiverResort.com. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, and now Will East joining us to talk high school football. You got a question? Hit us up. C Spire text line. Time to unlimit your data with $45 unlimited, only from prepaid. By C Spire. Get unlimited on C Spire's nationwide 5G network for just $45 with auto pay, no credit checks, no hidden fees. Learn more at cspire.com slash prepaid. Will the thrill east in the house? It is North Half and South Half Championship Night. Stakes are about as high as they can get tonight, Will East, all across the Magnolia State. Yeah, this is a fun, fun. Last week was so amazing, Richard, because I told you it was the most fun week of the year, year in, year out, is that that round of playoffs, uh, the second round for 6A, 5A, and 1A, and the third round for 4A, 3A, and 2A. It lived up to the hype. We had three undefeated teams go down last Friday night. We had another undefeated team almost get beat. Tonight... Is the night though where you know that old cliche about throwing the records out the uh, out the window? Well, that's what we do tonight because a lot of these games are rematches. Uh, you look at six A, both of these games, North Half and South Half, these are both rematches. You got Madison Central traveling to Starkville to take on the Yellow Jackets. This is a rematch from a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Madison Central, their only loss of the season was to Starkville on the road. Uh, I think that game came, came down to the last few seconds, but Starkville ended up winning that game by seven. So we got a rematch tonight. The biggest. Why is that game in Starkville? Your guess is as good as mine. I do not because uh, because Madison Central was the one seed. Yeah, were they? Yeah, yeah. They were yep. the one seed. They played two home games. Starkville was. They played two home games. I have no clue. It comes down to points at some at some head to head. Head to head. Maybe that's it. I don't know. I I've been covering high school football for many many years. I still don't understand which team goes where. They just send me the the playoff bracket, and that's what okay. I go with. No, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, man, right, let's start in the South in six A. All right. And that's probably the more interesting game, uh, and that's Oak Grove taking on Brandon at Brandon. Again, this is a rematch. It's almost like Oak Grove's got this postseason thing figured out, even when you're talking about an Ocean, Ocean Springs team that's playing so well and so good. And, ooh, you get to, uh, oh, wait, you're two wins away from a state championship. Boom. It's, Go get them, Oak it's Grove. Like, Richard, it's like Oak Grove just has this switch, and they just turn it on. 
And that's what they did in the second half of that game against Ocean Springs. Ocean Springs scored on their first three possessions. It looked like Ocean Springs was about to run away with this thing. And then in the second half, Oak Grove just came alive. They outgained uh, Ocean Springs in that second half like 283 yards to 26. They shut out Ocean Springs in the second half. A team that their quarterback, Braden Hubbard, uh, Bray Hubbard had more touchdowns than anybody else in the nation, and they shut him down in the second half. And their offense, uh, Cade Barnett, who's like six foot four, he, you know, Old Grove has had this pass first type offense all season long. But at some point, they just decided, you know what, we're going to start running the ball. We're going to put some our more talented players at running back, and they did. And they started running the ball uh, in the second half of this season, and it's really turned their season around. Uh, their last game that they lost was to Brandon. The big factor for Brandon tonight, yes, they beat Oak Grove a couple of weeks ago in a thrilling game, by the way, but the, the big factor for Brandon tonight is the fact that they're going to be without running back Nate Blunt, who has been the key player for, on offense for them. They run this kind of hurry-up type offense, almost like Ole Miss does in some ways. Uh, they run the ball a lot, and Nate Blunt's been kind of the key player there. Well, he's out. He broke his collarbone against Harrison Central a couple weeks ago, and so he's not playing tonight. I don't know if that's going to be your factor, but these two teams, it's a it's always fun when they get together. But Oak Grove, you're right. They just have something when when it comes playoff time. It's just like they just flip a switch and they go into a different mode, and that's kind of what they're doing right now. Bob says that uh, Starkville was the one seed, which I guess would make sense because Starkville did beat Madison Central in the regular yeah, season. Yeah, Starkville's only was. loss was to Oxford in the uh, Little Egg Bowl, but. Um, Anyway, so that's the reason Starkville's yeah. hosting the game tonight. They were the one seed. So uh, rematch there. Obviously, <clears throat> Madison Central trying to avenge the regular season loss. Bob texted us that he was on Highway 25 headed in that direction yep. now. So uh, good stuff there. Yeah, the, the issue for Madison Central is two things, injuries and history. Injuries, Vic Sutton, the starting quarterback for Madison Central, I don't know if he's going to play. He hurt his knee in their last game. Right. So that's kind of a question mark, and that could – be a factor, obviously. Also, history. Madison's Caleb Hamill texted me this the other day, and I couldn't believe it. I had to double-check his, his math, but he was correct. Madison Central has been in the North Half Finals 10 out of the last 14 years, but they have yet to make it to the championship game since 1999. All time, they are 1-11 and in North State title games. 1-11. and Wow. Mm. Yeah, so 6A has got some really good games, but I think 5A, the, the the game that of the night for me is Neshoba Central and West Point. Two teams that are undefeated. West Point has a loss or two on their record, but that, those are COVID losses. They, they weren't on the field. This is the game that we've been kind of building up to for two years now. Last year, everybody thought that they would play in the north half. Well, Neshoba Central got knocked out pretty early. Um, this year they're undefeated. They're back. Quarterback Eli Anderson. They're two two completely different offenses. Eli Anderson for Neshoba Central. They throw the ball a lot. West Point. They threw the ball all of four times in their last game. And I got to go back to to last week in their game against Vicksburg. West Point. Vicksburg came into that game. They were allowing about ten points per game. Okay, pretty good team. In the in the first minute of the game. West Point not only intercepted Vicksburg quarterback, but they also ran a 42-yard run play in for a touchdown. In the first minute of the game, that's what West Point does. They ended up scoring 42 points 
on Vicksburg last week. Coming into that game, Vicksburg had allowed a grand total of 100 points all season long, and they put up 42 in just one night. Pretty incredible stuff by West Point. Uh, Neshova Central, on the other hand, they have st- I don't want to say struggled, but they have not had comfortable leads in some of these games. Usually in the first round. Back-to-back three-point playoff wins. 27-24 over Lake Cormorant, and then 23-20 last week over Lafayette. And those are two teams that West Point blew out. Now, I know transit and property and all that stuff really never works, but you, I mean, Vicksburg, uh, Lake Cormorant, Lafayette, West Point blew all of those teams out, and Neshoba Central eked out wins against those three teams. So take that for what it what it's worth. Uh, Coach Chris Shameless of West Point is 40-9 and nine all time in the playoffs with West Point. They are playing some dang good football right now. I think this is the game of the night. But And the, here's the, here's the, the, the well, X is factor. It, is it at West Point? It's at West Point. Uh, here's Things the X out. factor, though. I don't think West Point's defense has seen a team – like Neshoba Central as far as their offense is concerned, throwing the ball everywhere. Will that be a factor? I don't know, but that's just kind of something to look for. 5A South, you got Laurel and Picayune. Laurel, a 10-point win over West Jones last week. Picayune just rolling right along. They beat Brookhaven 28-3. Yeah, this uh, Laurel's a really hot team right now. They they The first two rounds of the playoffs, they uh, score 50-plus points. Uh, I'm sorry. In the, the the last game of the season, they score. They beat Hattiesburg, uh, I think fifty to nothing or something like that. Then uh, in the first round, they win by fifty something points. And then last week, they beat the defending five A state champ West Jones thirty to twenty. That was a rematch. That was a game that Laurel had lost. That was the last time that they had lost. So Laurel's kind of got a hot hand right now. But Picayune, it is very difficult to stop this team. They just run right over you. Um, They've completed something like 25 passes all season long. They're going to run the ball. They're going to run it often. Dante Dowdle, I think his name is, is the lead rusher for Picayune. He has over 2,000 yards. But as a team, they have over 4,000 yards on the season. So it's not just one guy. It's multiple guys for Picayune getting it done. All right, let's slide down to 4A. we got a couple of minutes left, and then we'll look at 3A, 2A, and 1A after the break. In the north in 4A, Caledonia going to take on Cenotopia. Caledonia last week 27-7 over Louisville. Louisville, a team that so rarely loses in the playoffs. Cenotopia getting it done 45-6 over Itawamba AHS. And so in the north, it's Caledonia. The Cavaliers trying to get to the state championship game Against the Cenotopia Warriors. If you had Caledonia and Cenotopia playing in the north half of 4A, I'd like to go to the casino with you. Uh, I think we could make some cash. Cause, Do you have any stock tips? Oh, my gosh. I never would have expected this. Uh, Caledonia, the best team in school history. We'll talk a little bit more about this matchup because this is a sneaky good game. We'll do that when we get back. We'll also talk about in the South Columbia and Poplarville. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. We've got some college football happening on this Saturday. We'll look at the scoreboard in a little while. And, yes, we will talk about flopping or faking injuries. We'll get to that a little bit later in the 4 o'clock hour. Sports Talk Mississippi. Be right back.
Mississippi, the place you call home is a state like no other. From the music to the food and the people, the Magnolia State has so many good things to celebrate. And now you can, each weekday afternoon from 2 to 3 on Good Things with Rebecca Turner, Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour, bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and all the good things to do. Life doesn't always have to be serious, so let's have fun. Good Things with Rebecca Turner, weekdays from 2 to 3 on Super Talk Mississippi. This is House Call for Health. Drug overdose deaths in the United States topping 100,000 annually. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention's National Center for Health Statistics releasing provisional data showing 100,306 overdose deaths during a 12-month period ending in April of this year. That's an increase of nearly 29% or more than 78,000 deaths from the same period the previous year. Many of the overdose increases came from synthetic opioids, primarily fentanyl, methamphetamine, cocaine, and natural and semi-synthetic opioids. The CDC says overdoses can be prevented using several strategies. Enhance linkage to care, reduce high-risk prescription drug use, increase distribution of and access to naloxone. That's a non-addictive, life-saving drug that can reverse the effects of an opioid overdose when administered in a timely manner. And increase access to risk reduction service. For more health news, go to foxnewshealth.com. House Call for Health on Lisa Brady, Fox News. No matter where you go, Super Talk Mississippi is there. With FM signals all over the state, you can hear Super Talk Mississippi from the Delta to the Red Clay Hills of Meridian and from Oxford to Biloxi. And when you're out of the state, you can always get the latest Mississippi news and talk online at supertalk.fm. And on your smart device with the Super Talk app, you're proud to call Mississippi home. And we're proud to cover your state like no one else. Thanks for listening to Super Talk Mississippi. Take a pause. Oh, hold on. Let me grab that. Take a pause. Hello? All right, Baxter. Let me get back to you. Now, what if your dog could call you at any time that they wanted to? Dr. Ileana Hersky-Douglas at the University of Glasgow has been working on that. There are already plenty of gadgets that let you talk to your dog remotely, but the doctor wanted to come up with a device that lets the dogs do the dialing. Animals can be active users of technology. She said she put her device inside a ball and connected that to her laptop at home so when her dog, Zach, would shake that ball, the laptop would come on and dial into her at work with a video call. When we first demonstrated the ball to him, he got like a, a bit confused, he whined a bit. Um, but after that, he was perfectly fine with it. Dog phone isn't ready for market yet, but soon you may be able to knick-knack, patty-whack, give the dog a phone. Take a pause. Jill Nato, Fox News. From the Magnolia State to the world, you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi, Mississippi at supertalk.fm. Back to Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Friday afternoon. North half and South half championships happening tonight to set up your state championship matchups. Well, you said Senatobia and Caledonia is one of the most interesting games out there. Why is that? Well, two reasons. Number one, neither one of these teams should be there. Uh, I could have picked the South half. I could have. I could have told you Poplarville was going to be in there. I probably could have predicted that Columbia was going to be in there. 
But nobody outside of maybe Cinetopia and outside of maybe Caledonia would they have even dreamt this? I mean, it's just it's incredible to believe that Cinetopia got here on the path that they did. They had to go through West Lauderdale, which had the seventh leading rusher in the nation, J.J. Grant. They stopped him. They allowed two touchdowns in that game uh, to J.J. Grant. But other than that, they stopped them. They won the game. And then last week, they beat an 11-1 and Itawamba AHS team. It just I, I could not believe it. Was, I thought that was the upset of the night, really. Uh, I, I really nobody had that game. Cenotopia came through though. They're eleven and two now. Cali- and didn't just beat them. Beat them like they, they beat them like forty five to six. I yeah. could not. I was I was stunned by that game. Caledonia, on the other hand, having the best season in school history. They've been playing football since nineteen fifty six, and they every time they're playing with house money now. Every time they win a game, a playoff game, it's more one more playoff win that they never dreamt that they would have. They had their first home playoff game in school history this year. It's incredible. And they're doing stuff on offense. They're just they're, they're blowing past teams left and right. But the one team that they did not blow uh, blow out was Itawamba AHS. That was the last loss that Caledonia had. And you see last week, Senatobia uh, yeah. blows out Itawamba AHS. Transitive properties, I know. But still, this is an incredibly uh, good matchup. And Caledonia last week beat Louisville, a, a perennial powerhouse if there ever was one. I went back in the record books to look and see when the last time Louisville got beat by more than 20 points in a playoff game. I had to go back about a decade or so, and I found one game where they lost by like 22 back in like 2003 or 2004. That's how far back you have to go to see Louisville kind of getting blown out, uh, if you can call 20 points a blowout in a game. Well, that's what Caledonia did last week. They beat Louisville by 20 points. Again, no one had that. On the south half with Poplarville and Columbia, this yeah. is another rematch. Columbia won this game, I think I think it was like 20-something, 20 20-plus 20 points. It was like 27-6 to 6 or something like that, yeah. or 26-7. to 7. Uh, Columbia is the hot team right now. If I had to predict the team, if I said, well, which team is going to win it all, I would put my money on Columbia right now. But Poplarville, kind of like Oak Grove, this is the time of year where they just come alive. Uh, they've been to, what, five out of the last six, four a or four out of the last five, 4A state championship games, and there's been some games where they were the underdog, and they've come out ahead. This game, I would say that they're the underdog. They're 11-2. and two. Those two losses are against Picayune, an incredibly good team, obviously, a 5A team, and Columbia. Mm-hmm. Columbia's only loss was against Petal early on in the season. Petal's a 6A school. We're talking about a 4A school here, so there's a big difference in the roster there. Columbia's a very good team. They've got that Otis kid who is just – I don't know how yeah, you're going to block Otis, him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know how you do it. Let's slide down to 3A. In the north, you've got North Panola and Amory. In the south, Jefferson Davis County and Raleigh. Raleigh, by the way, won 7-6 to last week over Tylertown. If you made me pick one without knowing a whole lot, like kind of going on name brand, I'm probably riding with Jefferson Davis County here. We'll see how that one plays out tonight. Yeah. Interesting matchup in the north with North Panola and Amory. 
Avery, 14-zip over Kasuth last week. North Panola, how about that offense? They hung 52 on Winona in the win. Yeah, and the, the, but the more impressive thing with that game was the, their defense. They mm-hmm. held Winona to just 20 points. Winona had been scoring 50-something points each and every game going into right. that one. Uh, so that was very impressive by North Panola. They've been kind of under the radar this year. You know, when they had K.J. Jefferson several years ago, that was – the hot team in 3A, and everybody was following them. This year, they don't have that star player. It's more of a team effort, and they're getting things done. Uh, Very good defense, like I said. Amory, on the other hand, they also have a very good defense. You mentioned that win last week, 14-0 over uh, Kossuth. But their offense is also pretty good. They've scored over 40 points in three out of their last four games. I, you know, if I had to call this one, I would say North Panola has the advantage because they're at home. They're pretty evenly matched teams. On the south side, Jefferson Davis County and Raleigh. If you just look at this on paper, you look at Jefferson Davis County's record eight and four. You write them off. You go <laughs> eight and four versus a team that only lost one game on the field this year, Raleigh. Well, again, Jefferson Davis County. This is their time. Team. This is their time of the year. They're, they're that old Bassfield team from two A many years ago. That powerhouse program. When they got consolidated and became Jefferson Davis County, they've won, what, two state championships since then? Uh, and those four losses, those were all against five and six A teams. Uh, they're a very, very good team, and they're they're running downhill right now. They just seem to get better each and every week. Last week they beat Enterprise Clark 34-7. to Enterprise Clark was undefeated coming into that game. Raleigh, on the other hand, their only loss on the field this season was to MRA, a team that just won the MAIS 5A state championship. Um, they won that game against Tylertown. Tylertown, also an undefeated team. They won that game 7-6. to six. That's the fewest points that Raleigh scored all this year, but they know how to get things done. Um, this is... This is going to be a fun matchup, and and I, Jefferson Davis County is just one of those teams that's hard. Like you said, it's very hard to bet against them yeah. uh, when it gets down to the playoffs. All right, let's squeeze two A and one A, and we've got four minutes left, so we got a couple of minutes for each. In two A, Scott Central and Pelahatchie, and in the north you got Charleston and Lafleur County. Yeah, Scott Central and Pelahatchie. This is the most lopsided matchup of the night uh, right. because Scott Central beat uh, Pelahatchie a couple weeks ago. Fifty-two to zero. Uh, Scott Central is and Scott Central the, beat Newton last week, sixty to fourteen. Yeah, Scott Central. There, I mean, uh, if you hold Scott Central to less than fifty points, you're doing something special. Okay. <laughs> That's the only way I can put it. The Running Rebels. I mean, they are just on fire right now, and they're the team to beat in two A. Um, so Pelahatchie's got a, a, you know, it's a tough road tonight for Pelahatchie, but um, Scott Central. And so far in the the, uh, the playoffs, they've scored 186 points in three games. It's incredible. Oh, wow. Yeah. Jeez. It's just incredible what they're, they've been able to do, 13-0. And then in the north, you've got Charleston and LaFour County. Uh, this is LaFour County's best team in school history. They've been playing football for 70-something years there. They squeaked by East Webster last week. But Charleston is another animal. Uh, they're another team, kind of like Jefferson Davis County. When they get into the playoffs, they just hit a different gear, and they're getting things done once again. Uh, last week they went on the road to Baldwin, and they held a, a pretty high-scoring Baldwin offense to just 10 points. Doing that on the road is, pre- is pretty good. Uh, Charleston, I would say, is the favorite here. Uh, they're 9-3 and three overall. Um, just a very good team. Ping Pong's uh, Charleston Tigers. They yep. they 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 are built for this time of year, and have been good for a uh, for a long time. Down in one A, Tupelo Christian and Hollandale Simmons. 
That's in the uh, in the north, and then in the south, West Lowndes and Bay Springs. Yeah, Hollandale. This is another lopsided matchup. Even though Tupelo Christian Prep is ten and two, you think, well, how could they be a lopsided matchup? Hollandale Simmons twelve and zero. They've scored the most points out of any public school and maybe even private school in the state of Mississippi. They've allowed the least amount of points in the entire season. So they have the best offense and the best defense. Last week they gave up their most points they've given up all season long to Biggersville. They gave up thirty points. They still won by thirty six. Uh, in their two playoff games, they have scored 66 points in each of those games. That's incredible. <laughs> it's That's it's almost incredible. unfair. Uh, Tupelo Christian Prep against any other team, Tupelo Christian in 1A, Tupelo Christian Prep would be the favorite, I would say. Uh, they've scored over 40 points in something like seven straight games. But Hollandale Simmons is just the Blue Devils. They, they are just on a roll right now. So I, I, that's kind of a lopsided matchup. Uh, then you've got Bay Springs and West Lowndes. West Lowndes has got uh, legendary coach M.C. Miller as defensive coordinator, and it shows. They're 9-2. and two. They beat Taylorsville last week, 36-21. Uh, They're playing with house money right now. The, again, this is one of the best teams in school history. Coming into this season, they had all of four wins in the playoffs in school history. They already have two so far this season, going for a third one tonight against Bay Springs. Bay Springs is probably the better team. Uh, so far in their last three games, they've outscored their opponents 128 to zero. Uh, and if that's not enough, their defense, they've allowed a grand total of just 58 points all season long, and half of those points came in one game. Johnny and Raleigh says Raleigh is going to win tonight. We had somebody that wanted to know who your pick is in the Brandon game. I'm going to go with Oak Grove because Nate Blunt is hurt. Um, okay. That, that's the, and that's the only reason uh, off the top of my head. All right. Scoreboard show coming your way tonight starting at 10 o'clock. A one-hour edition of the Mississippi Farm Bureau Insurance Company scoreboard show. So from 10 until 11 on Super Talk Mississippi, Will East and the entire gang will have you covered on all of these games, what, 12 games? Crossing yeah, and a lot State. of these, Richard, are on supertalk.fm and the Supertalk Mississippi app. A lot of these games, you can listen to them right there. So get them there. we got more coming up with you. Flopping when we come back. Most people think there are just seven wonders of the modern world. But if you wake up with Super Talk, you know there are eight. The amount of information and entertainment Paul Gallo fits into one three-hour show is simply astounding. Astounding. Amazing it is. News, weather, sports, and interviews with the movers, shakers, and playmakers. Experience the wonder of Gallo. Every morning on Super Talk Mississippi. This is Paul Perrine with Fox News Director of Polling, Dana Blanton. Gas prices are at a seven-year high. No wonder most, 72%, say prices at the pump pose a financial hardship for their family. Our Fox News survey also asked, what should President Biden do to bring down prices? A majority says, take action. Relax regulations on domestic drilling or open strategic oil reserves. But one in four says, do nothing. Either keep costs high to discourage people from driving or let the market decide prices. A third of voters believe Biden is happy about higher gas prices because it'll spur use of alternative energy. A recent comment from White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki 
explains why they might think that. Look, our view is that the rise in gas prices over the long term makes an even stronger case for doubling down our investment and our focus on clean energy options. But it's hard to believe Biden's happy given the 10-point drop in his approval rating. I'm Dana Blanton. That's your poll Puri. What decisions are being made by state lawmakers and how will they affect you, your family and community? If you listen, if you listen, you'll know. Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app and at supertalk.fl.fl. Hi, I'm Billy Kinder, host of Big Billy Kinder Outdoors. Here, the show Saturdays at 1, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Turkeys, whitetail, Grenada Lake crappie, or Gulfport redfish. We enjoy it all, especially when you're in camp with us on Super Talk Mississippi. The Dean's List with Janice Dean. A military veteran who doesn't let a disease stop him from doing what he loves the most makes today's Dean's List. Norman Greenstein is known as the Parkinson's painter. In high school, his art teacher said he'd never make it as an artist. So he did other things for a career. He still did his art from time to time, but never as a full-time job. But after being diagnosed with Parkinson's three years ago, Norman decided to take up his passion again, full-time, and wanted to raise awareness for those that live with the same illness. Gabe Greenstein says his father continues to fight through his challenges to do what he loves. An online gallery was launched to feature his beautiful art. In 2018, Norman, who lives in Hartford, Connecticut, began selling his first paintings, with galleries exhibiting his work. The team is also working on releasing Norm's first digital art collection. Well done, Norman. Keep on doing what you love. That's what life is all about. Janice Dean, Fox News. I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Police are looking for a Meridian murder suspect that escaped from Singing River Hospital in Pascagoula early this morning. Asion Hopkins was in the hospital after being shot a couple of weeks ago in Moss Point. He's wanted in connection with two murders in Meridian, where there are 13 warrants against him for various charges. There will be an internal investigation into how Hopkins escaped. If you're one of the brave ones to hit the stores for Black Friday sales, here's what some of your fellow shoppers are looking for. I think it's always electronics. I, mean, I think that's always at the top of every list of things. A camera. Bye. You know, to try to find what I can. Buy things like experiences, for example. Maybe purchasing a getaway on Airbnb for a family member. Those are little outfits I bought myself. There's a lot of options for toys. My clothes! For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Kelly Bennett. This is Jake Mangum. Not some actor wearing a red shirt. Whenever I was up to bat at MSU, I would see Farm Bureau Insurance. They supported me then, and they take care of me now. I couldn't ask for more supportive teammates. If you aren't already with Farm Bureau, it's time to join the team. Visit favrates.com for great rates on home and auto insurance. Or find a local agent at msfbins.com. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. When it comes to your business IT solutions, smarter is better. Meet the authority from Seaspire. Our team of super specialized engineers partner with businesses of all sizes, taking on their toughest IT challenges while finding new opportunities. Connectivity, data security, cloud services, you name the tech, we have a specialist for it. Seaspire Business. Win with authority. Your partners in IT. Get connected to the fastest internet speeds available. Visit cspire.com slash business. When it comes to the outdoors, we are one. We live in one of the best places in America to enjoy the great outdoors. 
So let's talk about it. Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews. Monday starting at noon here on Super Talk Mississippi. Presented by the Foundation Protecting Our Outdoors Heritage. Listen or watch the show anywhere you get Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. I said we were going to talk about flopping. We'll hold off on that because Bruce Marshall is with us on the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Bruce writes the gold sheet. He has been a handicapper there, goldsheet.com, if you want to check it out for a long time, and is uh, locked in on the final regular season week of the college football season. Bruce, I hope you and your family had a great Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving uh, to you, too, Rich. Yeah, we're up here actually with the uh, grandkids in the Bay Area, so in Stanford country right now. They're not buzzing too much about Stanford these days, I'll tell you that. No, no, but I don't think David Shaw had any trouble putting the uh, the food on the table for uh, Thanksgiving either. Highly confident no, coach <laughs> of the uh, of the Stanford Cardinal. Let's look at a few of these SEC games and a couple of top twenty five games as well. I am intrigued by Texas A and M at LSU final game for Ed Ogeron at LSU. They're five and six going into this game. Need a win to get to bowl eligibility for whatever that matters. When LSU's five and six, Texas A and M, you know, still in a pretty good spot for a really good bowl game. Aggies are a six and a half point favorite, but LSU just keeps playing hard. I keep thinking they're going to mail it in, and they don't. They get one last yeah, punch in them. Well, you're right, Rich. They do keep playing hard, and we wondered about that in recent weeks. But it looks like I think they're going to play hard through the tape for Coach O. Um, in A&M's case, I mean, a, a win here probably sets them up for one of those Florida games on New Year's Day, which is a nice second, a nice consolation prize in the SEC. Um, I, I think the angle to look at here, and we've seen this definitely with A&M and more in LSU in recent weeks, too. I mean, these games are going under like every week. A lot of SEC games uh, are going under lately. In LSU's case, when they started to change some things about midseason, I mean, they were, and give Jake Peets and Tocho credit for this, uh, they, they were going full Mike Leach for a while there. I mean, they were not even running at all. Um, about the middle of October, they started to try to establish a ground game. Now, it hasn't worked every week, but it has tended to slow down the pace a little bit. And against Mike Elko's A&M defense, I don't know if they're going to do a lot of business. And with Calzada in the lineup, I mean, A&M's offense is not all that explosive, and LSU's defense has played better as the season has progressed. The total's not all that high, but I think it's probably going under. It's about 46, 46 and a half. We had a 21-19 Aggies in the gold sheet. So I'm calling it under first, a little lean to LSU, because you're right. I mean, they have kept playing hard for Coach O, and, and I guess they do get bowl eligible if they win, if they would take the bowl a bit, on, I don't know. But uh, close, low scoring, I think that's the way to look tomorrow in uh, Baton Rouge. Are you surprised to see Louisville as a favorite at home against Kentucky? It's a 6-5 and five Louisville team, an 8-3 and three Kentucky team. Malik Cunningham, dynamic quarterback for the Cardinals. We know that. This Kentucky team, what, good at the line of scrimmage, but still not as explosive as maybe we were led to believe they were going to be offensively? I am surprised. In fact, we picked Kentucky to win this game 27-22. to 22. Okay. Uh, The defense has an edge, I think. I 
in a in a season of, of playing, you know, you know, tough SEC opposition. I mean, Kentucky has held itself held its own pretty well, um, and uh, you know, Louisville. I'm not sure stepping up like that. I mean, they played one SEC team. It was Ole Miss in the opener. You were there. You saw what happened yeah. down in Atlanta, um, and a lot of their. And Cunningham is really, he's sort of Lamar Jackson light for them, and maybe not even Lamar light in some weeks. I mean, last, year, last week he counted for seven TDs, but that was against Duke. Louisville has done most of its damage against lesser defenses this season. I think this is probably the best defense that, that Louisville has played. I don't think Cunningham's going to get loose. That's really their whole, the basis of their offense. It all pivots around Cunningham doing things, running out of passing uh, passing formations, they run him, you know, straight. Set. He, they do a lot with him, but I think Kentucky can slow him down. And if Chris Rodriguez gets going enough, that can set up Will Levis just enough for uh, uh, to do enough passing to win this thing. Twenty-seven, twenty-two. Mark Stoops. Um, <clears throat> Kentucky also has a shot to go to Florida on a New Year's Day game, and I think this would be important. I think they can do it. That'd be a nine-win regular season for uh, for Kentucky. Just a quick thought on Clemson and South Carolina. Any chance we've got a wrong team favored here? I I think Clemson has figured some things out in recent weeks. Rich, they're running the ball really effectively lately, okay. and I know that um, South Carolina is you know nice win last week over Auburn. They need they need to get one of these last two to get bowl eligible. They got it last week. This is sort of cherry on top of the cake, but Clemson started to stir a little bit on offense, and I know their defense can shut Carolina down, although Jalen Brown uh, Brown has done something at quarterback the last couple of games for South Carolina, but he still only played a few games. We took Clemson 27-10. to 10. I mean, they've started to score points. DJ's still not putting up huge numbers, but they're running up a storm, and they really battered Wake Forest running the ball last week. I think they can have some success against the Gamecocks as well. All right. Well, we will uh, we'll keep an eye on that one. I guess I got to ask you about the Iron Bowl. Um, it's an Auburn team without Bo Nix, an Alabama team that is clinging to its playoff hopes and uh, no margin for error. Sometimes, kind of weird things happen in the Iron Bowl. This doesn't feel like to me a year though where we get anything weird in the Iron Bowl. Is twenty and a half too many? Or are we comfortable laying those points with Alabama? Well, they're pushing this thing up, and he gets three touchdowns. I'm not that comfy with it. Um, no Bo Nix. That can cut both ways. Uh, that that means uh, Auburn doesn't have a chance for the good Bo Nix to show up, which he has on an occasion. And two years ago, they won the game here when Gus was still at Auburn, and uh, Gus beat Nick Saban three or four at Jordan-Hare. With Finley last week, they couldn't win at South Carolina with him. Um, he also started a game against Bama last year, and he's at LSU, and the Tigers really got smoked in that one. So I'm not sure that he's the answer here, but I think you hit on the points here. I mean, Saban, after a closer call against Arkansas, cost him a spot in the rankings last week. I think he's concerned if he loses to Georgia, they might slip out of the top four regardless. And if they lose this game, I mean, they're going to have to beat Georgia next week for sure. So I don't think he'll ease up, and you got the extra thing with Bryce Young fighting for the Heisman. Saban would like him to win that. He'll keep him in there throwing the ball and revenge and all that. And Finley added up, and I think Bama gets there. I'm not in love with it. 38-14, our score for Alabama. But you can have three touchdowns in a rivalry game and and, and not a terrible home dog here. Strange things can happen, like you say, but I think Bama's probably the side to look at. Bruce, let's switch over to some top 25 games. But first, remind people where they can get your picks. 
Thanks, Rich. Check us out on goldsheet.com. we got that basketball publication up there every day now. We write up select college games, most of the NBA games. That is every day. Very unique publication, Goldsheet Hoops. That's all up there with the football stuff at goldsheet.com. My picks are there. They're also at vegasinsider.com. Sounds like a lot of work. That many college hoops games every day plus all the NBA? But I trust you. You guys grinding away. Grinding away in the desert. That's right. <laughs> let me get, let me, what, 15 million people? Is that how many are going to watch Ohio State and Michigan? That would be a massive number for college football. I don't know if it gets that high or not. Ohio State playing incredibly well right now. CJ Stroud, super efficient. They're only a seven point favorite. They never lose to Michigan. Why is this game only seven? Yeah, you're right, Rich. Well, I, I, disclaimer, I hate both of these teams, so I hope they both lose. But <laughs> only one of them can lose this week. And you're right. Uh, they have be, I mean, Here's an interesting one. The last Ohio State coach to lose to the Wolverines was Luke Fickle, actually. That year he was interim for oh, Trestle after they moved that. him out in 2011. As soon as Urban got there the next year, Ohio State hasn't lost since. And Ryan Day, a couple of years ago, won. Ryan Day has talked about putting 100 points on Michigan if he could. He hates Harbaugh. He hates Michigan. Um, and it's been a long time since uh, Michigan has won. Like we said, it's over a decade uh, or a decade ago now. So, do they have enough defense to slow Stroud down? Eh, maybe, uh, but Day is pretty bloodthirsty. I mean, they this is what they're not pulling back on the throttle at all. They want Stroud to win the Heisman. He's putting up numbers that have put him in position to maybe do so. I think Michigan's going to have to play an error-free game on offense. So there's pressure on McNamara not to make any mistakes. They're going to have to establish the ground game. They've had a few injuries in the running back core. They've generally been able to do that this season, and the defense has held up for the most part, except that Michigan State game. But I have questions about most of the Big Ten, uh, save Ohio State, really. And um, Michigan caught Wisconsin at the right point early in the season. Washington wasn't that good. Uh, They haven't shown they can handle a team like this. Uh, in the series history, like you mentioned. Updated score forecast is 44-28 Buckeyes for us. We Ooh. kind of agree with you here that seven just doesn't seem like enough for a series, even in the big house, for a series that Ohio State has really controlled for the last decade. Bruce, we have had a gazillion guests this week leading up to the Egg Bowl. I have asked a ton of questions. There's no question that I am more excited to ask than this one. What game that nobody's talking about are you in love with? You've been so good on these for the last month. There's a few. Um, and I, if, I, if I talked to you yesterday, I would have given you Utah State, New Mexico under, but it, it's, that's already past post time, and that one did okay. land a bit under. I'm going to stick in the mount. Well, there's a. I'm going to give you a couple here. I mean, this is the last chance to go against some of these awful teams this season. So you can go okay. down the list. You, Southern Miss, even running the single wing, can beat Florida International by more than 11. Uh, Navy, uh, 13 against Temple. Navy can cover that against Temple because Temple has quit. And literally, I mean, they've had guys walk out on Rod Carey here the last two weeks. He should get fired. They haven't been within 20 in six weeks. But I'm going to give you a special one here. Wyoming tomorrow against Hawaii. Wyoming has turned things around here. They're bowl eligible for Craig Bull. They want to get to seven wins, though. There was a couple of years ago he got to six and six and didn't get to a bowl, so they'd like to get to seven. He switched quarterbacks to Williams. He's bowl sort of quarterback. But here's the deal. Hawaii has not traveled well to the mainland lately. And it Ten was seconds left. Honolulu to Laramie this week. It was in the teens in Laramie this week. So uh, you tell me how Hawaii is going to love flying. And that is- in a world full of noise. Devastating 
the latest news. Finding information that matters to you can be overwhelming. That's why Super Talk is here. Here we go. To filter through the noise, to cut through the clutter, to deliver real information and discuss how it affects you. You'll know what's important and why it matters when you listen to Super Talk Mississippi. This is Fox on Justice. Google in the spotlight as an unredacted version of a lawsuit filed by Texas AG Ken Paxton on behalf of 15 states charges the company with rigging the online advertising market and squashing the competition. Google operates AdEx, the largest electronic trading market for online ads in existence, processing 11 billion online ad spaces every day. The company also owns the largest buy side and sell side online online ad brokers and colluded with Facebook to maintain its competitive position. The result? Well, according to the suit, the company dominates the business, taking a 22 to 42% cut of all ad spending. One senior Google employee admitting the analogy would be if Goldman or Citibank owned the New York Stock Exchange. Google, for its part, says the lawsuit is riddled with inaccuracies. Jerry Willis, Fox News. Who doesn't love a good laugh and free car advice? Well, it depends on the advice. Tune into Under the Hood and you can have both. I'm Russ, along with Shannon and Chris, your hosts for two of the best hours you'll spend this week. We've been the Motor Medics since 1990, and we'll tackle any question you can throw at us. You don't have to be a car person to love Under the Hood. We've got something for everyone right here every week. Under the Hood, Saturdays from 3 to 5 p.m., right here on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. This is House Call for Health. Drug overdose deaths in the United States topping 100,000 annually. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention's National Center for Health Statistics releasing provisional data showing 100,306 overdose deaths during a 12-month period ending in April of this year. That's an increase of nearly 29% or more than 78,000 deaths from the same period the previous year. Many of the overdose increases came from synthetic opioids, primarily fentanyl, methamphetamine, cocaine, and natural and semi-synthetic opioids. The CDC says overdoses can be prevented using several strategies. Enhance linkage to care. Reduce high-risk prescription drug use. Increase distribution of and access to naloxone. That's a non-addictive, life-saving drug that can reverse the effects of an opioid overdose when administered in a timely manner. And increase access to risk reduction service. For more health news, go to foxnewshealth.com. House Call for Health. I'm Lisa Brady. Fox News. Pine Grove Behavioral Health understands that lasting recovery and healing begins at the roots of who we are. Transformation is deeply woven into the core of each individual through broad-reaching treatment options. As a result, we have gained a reputation as one of the nation's most comprehensive treatment campuses, drawing an expertise and multiple whole-life treatment programs to effectively address the real complexities of life and addiction. Call 1-888-574-HOPE or visit pinegrovetreatment.com for more information. One place, many solutions. Hey sports fans, before traveling to your game day destination this football season, be sure to download the MDOT traffic app to help you reach the game safely. Reach your destination on time by checking ahead for crashes, closures, and construction with the MDOT traffic app. The MDOT traffic app is available free for both Apple and Android devices. For more information, follow at Mississippi DOT on Facebook and Twitter. From the birthplace of America's music, 
This is Super Talk Mississippi, streaming live 24-7 at supertalk.fm. You can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi, 888-808-8637 on Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalkdave.fm. If you're hanging on there at the very end for uh, what Bruce was saying, we just ran out of time. He was uh, he was trying to give you Wyoming as a home favorite, long travel for Hawaii, not playing great, important game for the Cowboys, laying 10, 10 and a half at home with temperatures in the teens at 7,200 feet of elevation. Seems like a sensible play. I like it. We need we need to make that a, you know, we've obviously sort of done it, but Bruce's best pick needs to be a, a weekly thing. Yeah. These obscure games he's pulling out are great. He is, uh, he's great. He loves Southern Miss as well. Southern Miss yeah. trying to make it two in a row. FIU team that has hung it up. Uh, and he pointed to uh, to Navy against Temple as a uh, a great one, yeah. and, and said we missed one yesterday, right? Yeah, with Utah State. Yeah, yeah. So, Sports what, what do you thought about this Arkansas game? That Arkansas is now blown wide open. Yeah, it's happened in a hurry, and it's happened with the pass game, right? Yeah, they said like I think a sixty yard touchdown pass, something like that. It's twenty four six, Arkansas. Well, we should give them a shout out though. They did Borky's favorite thing. Double home jerseys, the red and the black are, are on the field. Looks pretty sharp. It does, but does it work when they're both kind of dark? I mean, don't you need a pretty eh. good contrast? You don't that have to. Works. Red, red and black works, yeah, because those are good. Those are good contrasting colors. They, they contrast enough. I suppose. I suppose. Although Missouri, Missouri's got a couple of uniforms that are awful. Then they've got a couple of uniform combinations that are really, really, really good also. Yeah, yeah so I agree with that. If you've got bad ones, get rid of the bad ones. The answer is always simplify. Look at Arkansas. Remember the crap that Arkansas was wearing for for like a decade plus with all the weird like poor, like triangles coming up in it and all that? They simplified. Mm-hmm. Their uniforms are just Arkansas. Yeah. yeah. Across the chest. That's it. And it's They're not so much better. The anthracite uniforms anymore. And yeah, like, none of that. They kind of did that with their football program too. Instead of Chad Morris trying to run a complicated spread system, they bring in Sam Pittman. Like we're going to run the football. They're about to be eight and four, and they're going to be going to a really good bowl. We're going to run the football. We're going to play action pass. We're going to hit you with some shots downfield. We're going to play mm-hmm. good defense. We're going to put a refrigerator in the backfield that can run and just go from there. You know, I feel like we've done a really bad job of something, guys. Okay. Uh, and when it comes to the coaching search stuff, especially one particular major open job in Florida. You know, we, we talked about the Florida opening and firing Dan Mullen and looked at some candidates, you know, how Billy Napier makes a lot of sense. Doesn't sound like Scott Strickland would even pursue Lane Kiffin. But we looked at some candidates and how it would be a fit and all that. What we failed to do, what, what I'm really embarrassed by, honestly, is we didn't think outside of the box like uh, new ESPN analyst Robert Griffin III, who on the Feinbaum show said, quote, 
Florida should hire Tim Tebow as its next head coach. Let him be the passionate motivator and recruiter to restore its greatness. Surround him with three to four previous head coaches on his staff to help develop the vision and implementation of the program and let the OC and DC coach. Why didn't we think of that? Because we're not as stupid as a sack of hammers. (laughs) I mean, come on, Robert. Come on, man. You're getting paid to be a football analyst now. Hire Tebow and let him do, I don't know, and then hire four former head coaches at other places and let them coach while Tebow just exists, apparently. Why didn't we think of that? Why would we suggest that Billy Napier would be a good hire instead of this right here? I mean, you really do wonder what goes through some people's brains. What one too many hits to the head? It feels like everybody's. You know, I think Deion Sanders has got everybody thinking that everybody can do that. You just bring in a big name, and it goes from there. You know, but surround Deion them with some was in coaching. That's that's my point. Yeah. It was high school, but still, he was coaching well, football when Jackson State hired him. Can you imagine the, if, if if Tim Tebow is half as good a college football coach as he was baseball player or pro football player, Florida is going to be terrible. You know what makes sense? Hey, whoever Florida hires, consider bringing in Tebow to your staff, whether it be an analyst or something. See if he'll come on. That I can get by. Sure, having that personality in your program has got to be a good thing. But hire him as your head coach and tell him to hire four former head coaches to do the coaching. I guess that's why I don't get paid the big bucks, I guess. I guess. I don't know. All right, let's just make it the college football fix. We've pushed it down the road. People want to talk about it. People are all worked up about the whole players faking cramps, flopping, falling down, whatever, however you want to classify it. We will have that conversation when we come back with you to start the 5 o'clock hour. We'll go back to uh, some thoughts from the Egg Bowl, maybe hear from Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach, and wrap up what has been a really fun week. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm, supertalktv.com. Be right back. From the birthplace of America's music, this is Super Talk Mississippi, streaming live 24-7 at supertalk.fm. I'm Karen McHugh. New travel restrictions are set to kick in due to the latest coronavirus variant. The U.S. will begin restricting entry for foreign nationals traveling from South Africa, Zimbabwe, Botswana, and other Southern African nations beginning Monday. We don't know a lot about the variant except that it is a great concern. It seems to spread rapidly. President Biden says he met with Dr. Anthony Fauci and other members of his COVID response team and is again urging all eligible Americans to get vaccinated and booster shots. Fox's Jared Halpern. On Wall Street, the Dow dropped nearly 900 points over news of the new variant. While on his Thanksgiving break, the president reacted to recent Russian moves threatening Ukraine. I am concerned. Look, we support Ukraine's territorial integrity. President Biden in Nantucket. America is listening to Fox News. Take a pause. 
Oh, hold on. Let me grab that. Take a pause. Hello? All right, Baxter. Let me get back to you. Now, what if your dog could call you at any time that they wanted to? Dr. Ileana Hersky-Douglas at the University of Glasgow has been working on that. There are already plenty of gadgets that let you talk to your dog remotely, but the doctor wanted to come up with a device that lets the dogs do the dialing. Animals can be active users of technology. She said she put her device inside a ball and connected that to her laptop at home so when her dog, Zach, would shake that ball, the laptop would come on and dial into her at work with a video call. When we first demonstrated the ball to him, he got like a, a bit confused, he whined a bit. Um, but after that, he was perfectly fine with it. Dog phone isn't ready for market yet, but soon you may be able to knick-knack, patty-whack, give the dog a phone. Take a pause. Jill Nato, Fox News. I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. The governor has refused to call a special session on medical marijuana because he believes the plan being offered by the legislature leans more toward recreational. House Speaker Philip Gunn disagrees. He says under the plan, individuals would be allowed 3.5 grams per day. One gram equals one marijuana cigarette. The other proposal on the table is 2.8 grams. This is represented to be the difference between recreational and medical that is just uh, that, that that is a a, a ridiculously slim difference yep. between those two points. Since the regular session starts in January, a special session at this point is highly unlikely. A little over 8% of Americans live in a different house today than they did a year ago. That's the lowest rate reported by the Census Bureau since 1948 and means about 27 million people moved over the past year. Also, the lowest level ever recorded. I'm Kelly Bennett. If you are building a new home or remodeling an older home, Amazing Propane is for you. A propane tankless water heater, a propane generator, a propane gas grill and oven, propane fireplaces, and even lighting. Propane, such a versatile, clean, cost-effective source of energy for any home. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. That's MSPropane.com to learn more. What does Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation stand for? Everything we do is built around attaining a better life for Mississippi farmers and ranchers and all Farm Bureau members. Things like rural broadband and private property rights, funding for roads and bridges, and our Child Saver program. We think these are outstanding causes, and hopefully you do too. Because when Mississippi farmers thrive, we all thrive. You can bet the farm on it. To learn more about the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, visit us online at msfb.org. With mask mandates disappearing and college kids getting out to football games and other gatherings, Dr. Kathy Philippi says there's been an increase in flu cases. The wait times in the urgent cares are seven hours. So they're driving home to be tested for the flu because flu has exploded. And it's because it's the first year we've had normal games. Flu vaccines are available to everyone from six months up. One of the toughest parts of shooting the Walton's Homecoming special that airs this weekend, Mississippi native and producer Sam Haskell says they had to figure out how to make it snow in Georgia in 110-degree weather. To create snow and heat like this is just virtually impossible, and um, we did it. And I defy anyone who watches this movie to not think we were somewhere in northern Canada shooting this movie. The special will air on The CW at 7 Sunday night, 50 years after the show first premiered. I'm Kelly Bennett. 
Before the action begins, make sure your bets are in. Every hit. This ball is crushed. Every point. Who they give it to? Sportsbook at Golden Moon Casino revolutionizes the fan experience. On your phone, casino kiosk, at the timeout lounge. Don't just be a fan, be a player, be a winner. Get to Sportsbook at Golden Moon Casino. We're not just fans, we're here to play. When it comes to your business IT solutions, smarter is better. Meet the authority from Seaspire. Our team of super specialized engineers partner with businesses of all sizes, taking on their toughest IT challenges while finding new opportunities. Connectivity, data security, cloud services, you name the tech, we have a specialist for it. Seaspire Business. Win with authority. Your partners in IT. Get connected to the fastest internet speeds available. Visit seaspire.com slash business. From the Magnolia State to the world, you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi, Mississippi. at supertalk.fm. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi team with live reports from games and practices, plus exclusive interviews. Weekday afternoons starting at 3 on supertalk.fm, the Super Talk Mississippi app, and always live on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. Ceasefire text line is open to you, 601-879-4395. If you're a parent, you already know your kids are online for everything. That's why Ceasefire is providing award-winning parental controls from BART. Free with any Ceasefire wireless plan. Learn more at ceasefire.com slash BART, 601-879-4395. That's the number. We are coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, the home of the Golden Moon and Silver Star Casinos. Visit them online at PearlRiverResort.com. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Michael Borky. This is Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at Supertalk.fm and SupertalkTV.com. We've got a Food Friday presented by Polk's Meat coming in just, oh, about 13 minutes. But right now it's time for the College Football Fix. College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. You can test drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealer today. Scoreboard first. 24-9, Arkansas leading it over Missouri. 203 left in the third. UCF up 1, 14-13 over South Florida. Late third quarter in Orlando. Coastal Carolina, four-point lead, 14-10 to over South Alabama. Start of the fourth quarter in Mobile. Air Force boat racing UNLV up 41-7. to That's midway through the fourth. Cincinnati, late third quarter, leading at 21-3 over East Carolina. 21-13, midway through the third. Utah over Colorado. TCU and Iowa State playing in Ames. It's Iowa State 17 TCU 7, finals from earlier today, 28-21, Iowa over Nebraska. San Diego State 27-16 over Boise State. Texas snaps to losing skid. They finished their season 5-7, 22-17 over Kansas State. Central Michigan beat Eastern Michigan. Bowling Green beat Ohio. Uh, last night it was Utah State 35-10 over New Mexico. UAB 42-35 earlier today over UTEP. And then a bunch of games coming up tonight. 
Here in the Magnolia State last night in the Egg Bowl, it was 31-21, a win for Ole Miss over Mississippi State. Apparently, for a lot of people, first time watching Ole Miss play football this year because uh, the reaction that you got to Ole Miss players falling down with parent cramps or injuries and slowing things down in the course of the game really took a lot of people off guard and angered them to no end. So let's talk about it. Hey, Dave, I wouldn't you say you want to say something. I wouldn't say it caught them off guard. I, I just it just. You just People get real mad about it when it happens. Oh to you. God! Ah, ah! You better. Ah, my leg. Ah, it hurts so much. Hold on, we got to stop the show for like two minutes. Hold on. Okay, I'm gonna be all right. Okay, ah. good. So ah. the complications, right? People watch this and they go, "You got to stop it." Ole Miss is certainly not the only team to do it. In fact, the narrative coming out of the Tennessee game—that was when Ole Miss fell down so much. But you had basically the same number of times that Tennessee did the exact same thing to stop the clock in that ball game. I think Mississippi State did it a couple of times last night. But clearly, this is something that Ole Miss does and has had done to it. It's probably frustrating when you're on the offensive side. But it is a way to slow the momentum of a team. You have a player that goes down. They call an injury timeout. That player has to come out of the game for at least a play, and then they can go back into the game. We can all agree that we don't like it, right? No, it sucks. Absolutely. You can. You, there's no getting around that. Like, I was standing on the sideline last night, and a couple of times I'm like, come on, man. Come, just play. Game's about to be over. Stop. That was my reaction. It, it, it sucks. It, it's frustrating to watch. It, it's quite transparent, truthfully. Um, you don't but like it winning. It is not that against way. the rules, and, and that's that's where I was getting at. Is you don't like winning that way. But here's the thing: it works, and until it stops working, people are going to keep doing it. It works. Now, I have seen a lot of people equate. KD Hill going down with the three drops in the misfield goal. Regardless of how long it was between plays with his injury and, and going to commercial and all that, KD Hill faking that injury, if in fact he faked the injury, is not why Mississippi State dropped three passes and missed a field goal. No. But that's why they did it. Did it slow momentum? Sure it that's, slowed but momentum. That's why but they all did it. three of those plays were open to be made. Yes, they they need to fi- they need to figure something out. Uh, the, All the, right, so what's your solution? Rest of the series, yeah. rest of the possession, because but you can't. Somebody like, somebody uh, has already thought through the uh, the diabolical nature of that. Team gets into the red zone, you substitute a walk on, and then he goes down. So I don't know if you can fix yeah, it or but not. I, I mean, th- th- at that point, th- th- sh- there's some three D chess going on there for right. sure. But but. You because you cannot have an official deciding whether or not a guy's hurt. That is right. a no. bad precedent. I mean, my gosh, they can't even d- determine face mask or holding correctly. We don't need them deciding whether or not a guy is actually injured. So, and I think that's really the only thing you can do is guy goes down, he's out for the rest of the series. Next time he, his team's on defense, he can go back in. But for the rest of the series, he's got to sit. That's the only thing that I think can not set a bad precedent while also maybe having some kind of an impact. Because right now, it sucks. It's frustrating to watch. 
It's annoying. It's just annoying, honestly. But it works. And so teams are going to keep doing it. Ole Miss is going to keep doing it until there's not a reason to anymore. So do you go rest of the series, or do you go like four plays? Or... Rest of the series. Until your defense is... Until yeah. until the ball Change changes of possession. Hands, yes. Rest of the series. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't have a huge issue with that. This, it just that feels like the right answer. This, you know, if it, this and this and targeting, I think, are going to be the two things that this off season people are going to be looking at the most. Yeah. I just wonder if we'll get a will it be the DJ Durkin rule? We have the Houston Nut rule. We have the DJ Durkin rule as well. I kind of feel like that's coming from the top. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's DJ making that decision. <laughs> and again, Ole Miss has had it happen to its offense on numerous occasions throughout the season. And that's that's the word you just said there, by the way, is the reason we know these are fake injuries. Never see the offensive guys catching a cramp. Except Never Tennessee see... did. Tennessee had you... offensive guys, too, sometimes. when That leads have... you to believe it's legitimate. Why would the offense want to slow down? Well, it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. But... It was, you know. Ay, ay, ay. Somebody said, teach a ref how to feel for an actual cramp. Yeah, that's what we want. What we, we want, a, we want... A, a, an umpire who already has enough going on to start massaging the calf of a defensive back or a defensive <laughs> lineman to figure out if the muscle has has locked up. These, these guys can't even get a holding call right. Now we want them to diagnose injuries. But Jeff what? says if the same player does it twice in a game, he has to sit out the rest of the game. Now, that's a really bad idea also, Jeff, in my opinion, because cramps do happen. I mean, think about how many times you've watched like a, a Florida State-Miami game early in the season when they're playing in South Florida and it's sweltering, and you got a guy that's just fighting it. And you work the cramp out, and he's out for a few plays, and he comes back in, and he's able to give you good play for, you know, a series, and then he has it happen again. I mean... Cramps in athletes are real, and you can play through it. Or you, you you can't play through it when the cramp locks up. But I mean, why are you going to kick a guy out of a game because he cramps a couple of times? Yeah, that's the precedent thing that that you can't have happen. It, it, it has to be entirely subjective. You cannot have objective opinions getting inserted in injury decisions. They already screw up enough. I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, somebody says the injury has to be justifiable or justified. How do they do that? Yeah, I mean, that's what we're talking about. You can't. I think, you can't. Yeah. I mean, you, you just can't. The, that's why the, the rule has to be a blanket rule for everybody. And it has to be for the offensive guys, too. Offensive guy gets hurt, he's out. Yeah. He's out until the end of the, uh, the end of the, uh, the, until the change of possession. If that's the quarterback, well, that's just the way life's got to be. All right. We, we, we've gotten a couple of questions some trolling, some legitimate about Lane Kiffin. Uh, our, our troll friend wants to know who Ole Miss's next coach is going to be. But there was a more legitimate question earlier about, you know, what's going on with Lane Kiffin's contract. I feel comfortable in saying that I think the ball is in Lane Kiffin's court. Keith Carter was very transparent with us last week about the fact that they've been working on this. I think they've been working on it for a while. And I think Ole Miss would love to make an announcement that Lane Kiffin 
has agreed to a contract extension. And I think as soon as they are able to do that, they will. Now the question is, are they going to be able to do that soon? Are they going to have to wait until right before the start of a bowl game? That's what we don't know the answer to. That's the question we don't know the answer to. And so if you're an Ole Miss fan, you just have to wait for at least a little while longer. Sports Talk Mississippi with you streaming at supertalk.fm. We'll be right back. Feeling down? Here's your prescription for a daily dose of good news and positive vibes. Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Every afternoon, Rebecca highlights all the good things happening right here in the state you call home. Daily exposure to good things with Rebecca Turner may cause smiling, feelings of positivity, happiness, and even laughter. When you experience these symptoms, tell your friends to listen. Okay. Weekdays starting at 2 p.m. here on Super Talk Mississippi and now on Amazon Alexa devices. This is Poll Paris with Fox News Director of Polling, Dana Blanton. Gas prices are at a seven-year high. No wonder most, 72%, say prices at the pump pose a financial hardship for their family. Our Fox News survey also asked, what should President Biden do to bring down prices? A majority says, take action. Relax regulations on domestic drilling or open strategic oil reserves. But one in four says, do nothing. Either keep costs high to discourage people from driving or let the market decide prices. A third of voters believe Biden is happy about higher gas prices because it'll spur use of alternative energy. A recent comment from White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki explains why they might think that. Look, our view is that the rise in gas prices over the long term makes an even stronger case for doubling down our investment and our focus on clean energy options. But it's hard to believe Biden's happy given the 10-point drop in his approval rating. I'm Dana Blanton. That's your poll Puri. Hi, I'm Billy Kinder, host of Big Billy Kinder Outdoors. Here, the show Saturdays at 1, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Turkeys, whitetail, Grenada Lake crappie, or Gulfport redfish. We enjoy it all, especially when you're in camp with us on Super Talk Mississippi. Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Weekdays starting at 2 p.m. here on Super Talk Mississippi. And now on Amazon Alexa devices. The Dean's List with Janice Dean. A military veteran who doesn't let a disease stop him from doing what he loves the most makes today's Dean's List. Norman Greenstein is known as the Parkinson's painter. In high school, his art teacher said he'd never make it as an artist. So he did other things for a career. He still did his art from time to time, but never as a full-time job. But after being diagnosed with Parkinson's three years ago, Norman decided to take up his passion again, full-time, and wanted to raise awareness for those that live with the same illness. Gabe Greenstein says his father continues to fight through his challenges to do what he loves. An online gallery was launched to feature his beautiful art. In 2018, Norman, who lives in Hartford, Connecticut, began selling his first paintings, with galleries exhibiting his work. The team is also working on releasing Norm's first digital art collection. Well done, Norman. Keep on doing what you love. That's what life is all about. Janice Dean, Fox News. From the birthplace of America's music, this is Super Talk Mississippi, streaming live 24-7 at supertalk.fm. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams with live reports from the games and practices, plus exclusive interviews with coaches, players, and legends from the past. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. 
Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by Visit Oxford. You can visit them online at visitoxfordms.com to see a full schedule of events. Follow along on all of their social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Visit Oxford MS. Starting next week, December 1st, it's the second annual Holly Jolly Holidays. We'll be back starting on December 1st, run through December 12th. Events include an ice skating rink that's ice skating on real ice that's happening at the Oxford Pavilion, which is at the corner of University Avenue and Jackson Avenue, the old National Guard Armory site. They've also got carriage rides around the square, live ice carving demonstration, visits with Santa, and more. It's all that um, Visit Oxford put out on, I guess it was on Instagram, maybe Twitter earlier today, that the uh, the ice rink was being brought in and was being assembled today. So uh, you can check that out if you're in the Oxford area between December 1st and December 12th. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, and Brian Haydad. It's Friday. It's just after 520, and that means it is time for a Food Friday presented by our friends at Polk's Meat. Now, for some, you might say, you know, this is a weekend where I'm going to take a little time off from the grill. We did the big, uh, we did the big Thanksgiving on Thursday, or maybe we postponed Thanksgiving until the weekend. So you got a lot of folks still thinking about turkey, a lot of folks still thinking about ham. As part of that, you need to be thinking about appetizers. And a good sausage and cheese plate, whether it's for part of your Thanksgiving meal warm-up or you got other plans on the grill this weekend, is always a crowd pleaser. Check out your local grocery store. Go to the meat department and look for the Polk's packaging. Easy to find. That blue and yellow packaging pops there on the uh, on the aisle where all the different sausages are. Be sure to grab Polk's meats because, remember, picky people pick Polk's. So, with that, what's happening this weekend food-wise, fellas? Well, Thanksgiving is happening for for me and my family and my friends. Okay, and that's what that's what we got going on. Turkey. I'll be I'll be up early tomorrow. Early. I may text you when I get up, Richard, just to prove that I'm awake at what I would consider an unreasonable hour. Uh, Please don't, because I'm actually going to sleep in tomorrow. Oh no, I'm definitely till like till like eight. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm definitely going to do it now. Um, and yeah, turkey will go in the oven and then, uh, pork loin on the grill. And then my wife will have the oven after the turkey's done to do all the delicious sides we'll be having and, uh, be ready to go. And we had a, just a fantastic Thanksgiving yesterday and boys, I did what I said I was going to do. I had that plate of cold leftovers in my truck waiting when I got back to Oxford and just chowed down on uh, on leftover ham, turkey, had a couple of rolls on there, had uh, dressing, and had sweet potato casserole and a piece of uh, chocolate sheet cake that my daughter made that was absolutely fantastic. So that was nice at, oh, about a quarter after one this morning when I rolled back into Oxford. In fact, that was about the time Hey Dad texted me. He's like, hey, have you made it back? I was like, yes. And the leftovers are delicious, absolutely delicious. See, I was checking on you. I'm your friend. Make sure I appreciate you're okay. that. Yeah. yeah, we are. Yeah. And I didn't text you immediately after the game because I'm your friend. I wasn't. There was no. I had something in mind to text you. Else. 
if State had won, I had something in mind. I won't reveal it. I can't actually because it's 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 not safe for radio. But scene. Well, it, it was from a sports thing though, so it, it, it's not like I was going to send you something just awful. But okay. Anyway. So yeah, I'm excited. I love you know me. I love Thanksgiving. I love turkey. Love to eat turkey and uh, everything else. And you know. Even with State losing the Egg Bowl, tomorrow, I mean, stress-free college football all day, that's all I'm going to do is watch football and eat. That's what Thanksgiving is about to me. That's family, a good day for you, food, isn't it? Family, food, football. That is that is the American dream. All right, Borky, what's the cooking plan for you this weekend? Oh, no cooking. There are so many leftovers that it's just going to be finding new combinations of the same stuff to make it interesting. Uh, got the white mountain bread this morning for uh, leftover turkey sandwiches. Ooh, okay. And just pop the pop those in the toaster a little bit. You know, like half of what the auto setting is. A little toast bread, but not too much. And just turkey and Swiss and a little barbecue sauce or something on top. So I'll do that a couple times. Get bored with that. Uh, probably make a gumbo and use leftover turkey. I, I mean, I, I had a 24-pound bird yesterday. And Ooh, that ooh. is a huge turkey. That's a monster. Yeah. That is a big turkey. Shout out Sam's Club. I got a 16-pounder. It was a dollar a pound. That's good. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, inflation is real. Don't get me wrong, but it wasn't at Sam's Club that day. <laughs> it was a dollar a pound. It was awesome. So I'm just going to have to try to find creative ways to make turkey and stuff or dressing. It's dressing down here. Uh, turkey and dressing, and uh, I made a Mississippi pot roast yesterday as well, and mashed potatoes. Wow! In different ways to not get bored with it until it's gone. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. I have uh, three things says, to cook, and my wife has like twelve. So. Somebody said, "Main question: Did Richard buy one of the three hundred dollar turkeys?" No, I did not. No. I, I I did not. <laughs> decidedly did not. Uh, I would pay $300 for like a big hunk of beef, like a big chunk of Wagyu or something, but I would not pay that much for turkey. I can't yeah. imagine it's just that much better than just the turkey you get at the store. Yeah, no, I, I tend to agree with you on that. I'm going to the grill this weekend, either tomorrow or Sunday. This is, we talked about it earlier, it's put up the, uh, the Christmas decorations weekend. So... I'm not entirely sure what I'm going to do yet, though. I do know it's going to include uh, Polk's Cajun Smoked Sausage. I bought a package of that uh, earlier this week. Had to make it run. So that's going to be how it starts. And I haven't decided yet if this is going to be a a hamburgers weekend. Possible. Or if it's going to be a steaks weekend, which is... Probably more likely. We're going to be around the house most of the day tomorrow, so kind of leisurely get the grill going and uh, and do some steaks. Um, and then the other thing that I might do, I haven't done any chicken on the grill in a while. I that might be some, next uh, week for me. I'm, I'm thinking some wings next week. It's been a while. I really like doing barbecue drummies. Oh, yeah. Um. It's hard to go wrong with that. So we'll see. Uh, still kind of kind of planning it out, but I do know it's going to start with the Polk's Cajun sausage, regardless of where the uh, the rest of the meal goes. And um, looking forward to that. It's a good weekend for that. We got um, 
Get some suggestions on the uh, on the ceasefire text line. Robert says leftover turkey sandwiches. Boy, but he sent us a picture of the turkey that he did, and you are going to have some fine turkey sandwiches out of that. That looks great. Did I see somebody like just online that did an entire turkey in like a jumbo size air fryer? Now you got me wanting to look that up. Is that do do you guys do the air fryer? There are people that swear I don't have it. one. It's I have an air fryer, but I don't have one big enough for a turkey. Yeah. It's doable, um, evidently. Jeff says I smoked a whole turkey with cherry wood and it was outstanding. Yeah, I, I hear people so oh turkey's not even that good, it's so dry. Well then you're making it wrong. Yeah. You, you're not doing it right. When somebody dry. says I, I you know, turkey is dry, I just say I'm sorry you're, nobody in your family knows how to cook. Turkey is incredibly good when it's done right. I've I've talked before about my. Uh, it's been a long time though, so I, I talk about smoking turkeys. So I've got a my father in law before Jane and I were married. So good grief, this has been sixteen, seventeen years ago. He got into welding for a little while, and his thing was building grills. And so he built me a big, like one of those propane tank grills, like you see a propane tank in the backyard, like the 500-gallon deal. It's got two yeah. big doors that deal. And and so when I smoked, I want them juicy, and I want them moist. And so I will rub down the turkey with Wesson oil and salt it, kind of let them sit for a while, stuff it with fruit, a lot of citrus-type stuff. Go, I'll go... I know apple is not citrus. We go oranges, apples, maybe put a couple of lemons and some limes in there. And then we'll do a mix of cranberry juice and apple juice that the turkey actually rests in, in a tin pan while it's on the grill. And then build the fire on one end of the grill and then just let it smoke. So the indirect heat for it and kind of pulls the smoke through and leave it on there for about eight hours. And I don't know that that's not like everybody's perfect flavor for a turkey, but but kind of a like a light citrus flavor on the turkey is Great. really really good. Yeah, and incredibly juicy. So I need to get back to doing that. It's been a while. It's kind of time consuming. That's a Food Friday brought to you by Polk's Meat. When you visit your local grocery store, if you can't find Polk's Meat, find the meat manager and tell him, I want Polk's. Why? Because picky people pick Polk's. Food Friday brought to you every week by Polk's Meat. Visit them online at polksmeat.com. From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today for your Black Friday shopping, sunny skies, high near 54. Tonight, mostly clear, low around 32. Your Saturday, mostly sunny conditions, high near 62. Saturday evening, mostly cloudy, low around 42. And for your Sunday, partly sunny conditions, high near 62. This weather brought to you by No Drip Roofing and Construction. With rain coming, let us show you what the No Drip difference is all about. No Drip Roofing and Construction, online at NoDripMS.com. This portion of Sports Talk Mississippi is sponsored by Coleman Taylor Transmission, servicing Central Mississippi for over 60 years. Their ASE certified technicians offer dependable transmission services, a warranty, and record services. Call Coleman Taylor today for all your transmission needs. Join Middays with Gerard Gibbert, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., sponsored by The Road, your destination for fine men's clothing.
stop. David Cox here, Omar Financial. Do you have a 401k, IRA, retirement, or CD coming due? We can help with market-like returns and zero risk. Call David Cox, 957-3841, 957-3841 now. Tune in this Saturday morning from 8 till 10 for Weekend Gardening, where Garden Mama Nellie Neal will tackle all your gardening questions. Weekend Gardening, brought to you in part by The Tractor Store, your local Mahindra dealer, The Tractor Store, Highway 49 South in Richland. Push the limits of what's possible in the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. With a bold exterior and premium interior, Outlander reimagines the SUV. Rule the road with Mitsubishi Super All-Wheel Control and wireless smartphone technology. Plus, an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive one today and get up to 3500 over book value for your trade. At Ridgeland Mitsubishi, get thunderstruck. Super All-Wheel Control is an available feature on all trim levels. Price terms and vehicle availability may vary. Important restrictions and rules apply. See retailer for limited warranty and more details. Offer ends 12-13-21. This is Allison Callaway. Since 1954, Callaway's has been family owned and operated. We are located in Gluckstadt, south of Germantown High. Callaway's has everything you need to make your yard and garden beautiful with trees, shrubs, fall color plants, soils, and mulches. Come see Callaway's beautifully decorated Christmas store. Our entire store turns into a Christmas wonderland with a large selection of permanent Christmas trees, wreaths, garlands, angels, nativities, ornaments, and much more. Callaway's fresh cut Christmas trees, wreaths, and garlands will arrive a few days before Thanksgiving. Our landscape designers, Clinton Streeter and Corey Castle, can design and install your landscape. Give Callaway's a call to discuss your landscaping needs. Come see Callaway's beautifully decorated Christmas store. You will not be disappointed. Bring the family and enjoy the day. Callaway's Gluckstadt on Calhoun Station Parkway, south of Germantown High. I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. The governor has refused to call a special session on medical marijuana because he believes the plan being offered by the legislature leans more toward recreational. House Speaker Philip Gunn disagrees. He says under the plan, individuals would be allowed 3.5 grams per day. One gram equals one marijuana cigarette. The other proposal on the table is 2.8 grams. This is represented to be the difference between recreational and medical. That is just... That, that that is a a, a ridiculously slim difference yeah. between those two points. Since the regular session starts in January, a special session at this point is highly unlikely. A little over 8% of Americans live in a different house today than they did a year ago. That's the lowest rate reported by the Census Bureau since 1948 and means about 27 million people moved over the past year. Also, the lowest level ever recorded. I'm Kelly Bennett. Hey, sports fans. This football season, MDOT wants to ensure you get to your game day destination safely. So before you hit the road to watch your favorite team, be sure to download the MDOT Traffic app. The MDOT Traffic app is free for both Apple and Android devices. And remember to drive smart on the way to the game. That means buckling up, obeying the speed limit, and avoiding distracted driving, especially when traveling in work zones. For more information, follow at Mississippi DOT on Facebook and Twitter. Want to infuse new flavor into your favorite recipes? Try Polk's Smoked Sausages or delicious ham steaks. Add Polk's Garlic and Green Onion Sausage in your spaghetti. It adds just the right amount of spicy flavor. Polk's Cajun Sausage is a family pleaser in your famous red beans and rice. Your bayou friends jambalaya is even better when you mix it with Polk's Ham and Sausage. And for Grandma's old-time chili recipe, kick it up with Polk's Original Beef or Pork Sausages. There's no buts about it, folks. Picky people pick Polk's. 
Mississippi, the place you call home, is a state like no other. From the music to the food and the people, the Magnolia State has so many good things to celebrate. And now you can, each weekday afternoon from 2 to 3, on Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour, bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and all the good things to do. Life doesn't always have to be serious, so let's have fun. Good Things with Rebecca Turner, weekdays from 2 to 3 on Super Talk Mississippi. This is Sports Talk Mississippi, right here on supertalk.fm, the Supertalk Mississippi app, and always live on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. decided to go onside kick with about seven minutes left in the game. It was not a very good kick, first of all. Uh, didn't go anywhere close to 10 yards. Ole Miss had a little trouble recovering it, but then ultimately was able to secure the football, had a short field. Good decision or no to onside kick with hmm, seven minutes left. I vote no. I vote no. You got to trust your defense there. You still have all three timeouts. Kick it off, play defense, and try to get the ball back. It's what, 24 13. You know, score makes it a four point game. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I was completely surprised by that and didn't agree with it at all. Borky? That was bizarre. Really bizarre in that spot. I mean, Ole Miss has struggled in the second half offensively. Over the last few weeks, we talked about it going into this game, so why not test that? At least give them a longer field. There's too much time left on the clock, and I guess it really didn't matter in the end, but still thought that was a, an interesting call in that spot. Almost score on that possession. Is that right? No. They scored. Uh, is that right? No, because it didn't go to 24-21. Yeah, I guess they did. And then it was the next possession when Ole Miss was up three scores mm-hmm. that Corral threw the interception, mm-hmm. and then Mississippi State scored quickly. They after scored that. on that possession, six plays, forty-two yards. Yeah. So short field and Ole Miss capitalized. That was the Corral touchdown run where he spun his way yeah. into the end zone. Yeah, I mean you. Just... I just didn't get that decision. I, 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 why would you give them the short field with seven and a half to go? It just doesn't make any sense. Your defense hadn't played poorly all night, had gotten some stops. There was no reason to, to you know, do that there. Not for me anyway. Ole Miss did not have its hands team in on that. And no, they didn't. And I was and, and Ashanti Sistrunk almost messed up. He was thinking like Deuce McAllister Independence Bowl scoop and score. Scoop and score. And if he fields it cleanly, he's got a lot of room in front of him, but he didn't field it cleanly, and then things got kind of scary there and for Ole Miss for a moment. Maybe that's what Ole State's thinking there is like they don't have the hands team out, we can get one. But in that case you gotta do something where it's a little trickeration, right? Not line up your guys over there and give away that you're on siding. Yeah. So I just I didn't get that. 
And, it, it, I mean, special teams all season long has been an issue for Mississippi State in every facet of special teams, punting, returning, onside kicks, field goal kicking. It's just been a mess. Let's play the scenario game for a second and, and talk about bowl possibilities. I think there's still some unknown for Mississippi State, right? We talked about that right. earlier. Hey, Dad, you think Ole Miss, or excuse me, Mississippi State ends up in the Texas Bowl. But Mississippi State is going to fall into the, the group of six bowl games that, that are all kind of shuffled there together where you got the Liberty Bowl and the Gator Bowl and the Outback Bowl and the Texas Bowl and the Dukes Mayo Bowl and the Music City Bowl. So those mm-hmm. six are kind of all on the same uh, the same level, the same platform, and the league office works in conjunction with the bowl games to set the matchups there. Mm-hmm. So we can say, yeah, we think it's going to be the Texas Bowl, but you don't know that for sure. Right. There are fewer options for Ole Miss, but you know it's going to be one of three games. Mm-hmm. It's either going to be the Sugar Bowl the Peach Bowl, or the Fiesta Bowl. Most people think the Fiesta Bowl is a little bit more of a long shot. Like, it just doesn't make as much sense, and maybe you can pull teams from other parts of the country where you're going to have better crowds and better traveling. I I have absolutely no idea how many people Ole Miss would take to Glendale, Arizona, suburban Phoenix, to the Fiesta Bowl. But I do know that is a much more difficult trip. I actually looked at plane tickets Memphis to Phoenix earlier today and played with some different date combinations. And that's an expensive plane ticket. It's a It'd be six, less than seven, eight hundred dollar plane ticket. Feels like fifteen thousand is probably your fifteen, eighteen thousand is kind of the high end. So it'd be about half of what they'd bring to Atlanta and about a third of what they'd bring to New Orleans if that happens. If that makes sense. Yeah. Richard, I'm gonna we're gonna have a little exercise here. You ready? Yes. We, we've got six bowls. We have seven bowl-eligible teams in this tier, right? Because Texas A&M will get the Citrus, I think. Okay. So I, I just want you to say the bowl you think. So, MSU. I'll go along with Texas Bowl. All right. Auburn. Liberty. Kentucky. That's Nashville. Out nine and three? Outback. Yeah, that's, yeah. South Carolina. Nashville. That's Nashville. Okay. Missouri. Are they the Bar- somebody's got to go to Birmingham because we've got seven teams and six bowls. Missouri probably in Birmingham. Arkansas. You going to send them to Charlotte? Or would you send Tennessee to Charlotte? Oh, no, 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 no. Arkansas is going to Jacksonville for the Gator Bowl. Okay, and then Tennessee to Charlotte? Yeah. All right. We figured it out right there. I am assuming that Florida State will lose, or Florida State will win tomorrow, and Florida won't be bowl eligible. Yeah, which I feel like is a safe assumption at this point. Yeah, I mean, I think so. The scenarios for Ole Miss. Let's talk about how they get to the Sugar Bowl. I feel like we've talked about this before, so I will. Um, I'll try to be brief. Four college football playoff teams off the top, are out of it. If Alabama is one of the playoff teams, then Ole Miss goes to the Sugar Bowl. If Alabama is not one of the playoff teams, then you get into slightly more murky waters. How did they lose to Georgia? 
Did they get just smoked by Georgia? And if they did, how far do they fall in the college football playoff rankings? Because the highest-ranked team in the final college football playoff rankings from the SEC goes to the Sugar Bowl. Currently, you've got Alabama at three and Ole Miss at nine. So, excuse me. It feels like it's going to be hard for Ole Miss to go higher than seven in the rankings. If we assume that Ohio State beats Michigan this week, Michigan drops below Ole Miss. Notre Dame's going to beat Stanford, so they're not going to drop. If Oklahoma beats Oklahoma State, then Oklahoma State could drop. Baylor's probably not going to lose to Texas Tech. I mean, I guess there's a scenario where Ole Miss only moves to number eight. They are number eight. No, they're at number nine in the playoff rankings. Okay, they were at eight in the. AP I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I I googled college football playoff rankings and I got the AP poll. That's yeah. No, it. I understand. Okay. So yeah. so if if Michigan is the only team that loses, then Ole Miss's opportunity to climb is probably only one spot to eight. And then the question becomes: How far would Alabama fall? if they lose to Georgia in the SEC championship game. You also have to worry about Oklahoma going back ahead of Ole Miss if they beat Oklahoma State. Yeah, I guess that's a good point as well. And 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 that's possible, right? I mean, who Oklahoma Bay- at 10 and 1. Well, who does Baylor have this week? Is it like TCU? Texas Tech. Texas Tech. Oh, they're going to win. Okay. Yeah. If Ole Miss finishes, if Alabama is not in the playoff, I'm going to say it's most likely that Alabama is in the Sugar Bowl, which means at that point it's pretty likely that Ole Miss gets into the Peach Bowl. Mm. So let's try and figure this out. Who do you think the four playoff teams are? Georgia, Ohio State, Cincinnati, and who? That's a good question now. Notre Dame? Notre Dame's going to slip in there. Yeah, at eleven and one, assuming Alabama is out at this point, yeah, it's going to be Notre Dame. I mean, Oklahoma uh, State could get there unless Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma. But man, Oklahoma State is famous for crapping the bed in Bedlam That's when true. they need it the most. You're, you're, you're right about that. All right, so so we're saying Georgia, Ohio State, Cincinnati, and Notre Dame in the playoff. Holy crap! What a boring playoff. What was I thinking? Oh. It's terrible. So that means <laughs> you got Pac-12 and Big Ten going to the Rose Bowl. Michigan and Oregon. Everything so else now you're more. just dealing with at large teams. So. The highest ranked Big 12 team not in the playoff would go to the Sugar Bowl. So that would be Baylor, probably. Mm-hmm. Or, or the or winner Oklahoma. of Bedlam. The winner of Bedlam. Assuming Oklahoma State. I, I don't know. I don't know. Just trying to kind of figure out who the opponent might be for Ole Miss if it was the Peach Bowl. Sports Talk Mississippi with you streaming at supertalk.fm. We'll be back to wrap up the week right after this. What was I thinking? 
When your gears aren't doing exactly what they need to do, Coleman Taylor Transmission is the one for you. With 60 years in business, our professional ASC certified technicians at Coleman Taylor Transmission have the experience and training to provide automatic transmission repairs, rebuilds, transmission flushes, and much, much more. And ask about our free towing and free diagnostics as well. Call 601-355-8526. 601-355-8526. Or online at ColemanTaylorJacksonMS.com. That's ColemanTaylorJacksonMS.com. On game day, the Bulldogs bring the noise. And with the powerful towing and payload that F-150 delivers, you can bring whatever you want, whenever you need it. No wonder Ford F-Series is America's best-selling truck 44 years straight. The 2021 Ford F-150 and the Bulldogs, built for greatness. Visit your Mississippi Ford dealer or buyfordnow.com. Based on 1977 to 2020 calendar year total sales. Hey everybody, I'm Commissioner Andy Gibson inviting you to stand for American freedom with our veterans Sunday, December 5th, 5.30 p.m. We're going to be remembering the 80th anniversary of Pearl Harbor with a benefit concert for Friends of Mississippi Veterans featuring Travis Tritt live and in concert with a special appearance by Lee Greenwood. And we want to see you standing for American freedom alongside Travis Tritt Sunday, December 5th, 5.30 p.m. Tickets are on sale now at Ticketmaster.com and at the Coliseum box office. This Thanksgiving week broadcast on Super Talk Mississippi is brought to you by Tico's Steakhouse. Come see us soon. East County Line Road in Ridgeland, 601-956-1030. Happy holidays to you and yours from Tico's Steakhouse. Join Midday with Gerard Gibbert, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., sponsored by The Road, your destination for fine men's clothing. Carter Sledge Family Dentistry is just that, a family. It was just a good experience in in itself to how they did it and how loving and compassionate they all are. I was just so excited because it was exactly what he tells you. I cried. (laughs) I really cried. Carter Sledge Family Dentistry, 772 Lake Harbor Drive in Richland, 601-607-7876. Two Mississippi museums, the Museum of Mississippi History and the Mississippi Civil Rights Museum, invites you to our holiday open house, Saturday, November 20th, and our Christmas by the Candlelight Tour on December 3rd. These events are open to the public and holiday trains begin running on December 1st. Bring the whole family and enjoy these events. While visiting, take a tour of Mississippi history through our two museums, located on North Street with free covered parking on North Jefferson Street. Come enjoy the holiday fun at two Mississippi museums. Hey, y'all, let's take some pride and get it together for Mississippi. Many of our highways and roads are just covered in litter. Put trash in its proper place. And if you drive a truck, remember, trash blows. Be sure to secure your load. Please do your part to keep Mississippi beautiful. Learn more at keepmsbeautiful.org. That's keepmsbeautiful.org. Remember, always protect the road. Secure your load. I'm Michael Watson, Mississippi's 36th Secretary of State. Mississippians are known for our generosity, especially during the Christmas season. Just last year, Mississippi Charities bought in roughly $1.7 billion. Before you make a donation, be sure to check the validity of the charity or organization on our website, sos.ms.gov. Taking this extra step will not only protect you, but will also ensure your donation goes to those who need it most. From the Secretary of State family to yours, have a safe and Merry Christmas. 
where Mississippi comes to talk. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Weekdays here on Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. What is going on here? Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. It's about time. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. With you one last time on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm, supertalktv.com. Somebody said, who plays for the Big 12 title game? Oklahoma State is in the Big 12 championship game. If they beat Oklahoma tomorrow, then Oklahoma State will play Baylor. If Oklahoma beats Oklahoma State, then they will have Bedlam round two for the Big 12 championship. I mean, if Oklahoma State wins back-to-back games against highly ranked teams like this, there's an argument that they're more deserving than Notre Dame. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think Ole Miss, to go back to what we were talking about before the break, is playing the loser of the Big 12 championship game. In the Sugar Bowl? No, in the... in the, in the Peach oh, it has, Bowl? Yeah, the Peach Bowl. Yeah, yeah. What about um, highest ranked team from the ACC? I mean, Which right now, Pierce is that it's going to be Pittsburgh, right? It's Pitt. I mean, they'll be the ACC championship game, but are they going to shoot up ahead of these teams? I don't know. The ACC well, might get left out of the Access Bowls completely. No, the AC don't they have a? I mean, their tie-in is to the Orange Bowl. It's to the Orange, the absence, I, I just looked. They said in the since that with that out, there is no. Guaranteed spot for them in the Ooh. access bowls. Ooh. So let's see. Pittsburgh currently is seventeen. Who are they going to so play in the ACC championship game? Wake would clo- clinch a spot if they win tomorrow, and they just signed Dave Clawson to an extension, so we can take him off the uh, the the board. Feels like that's going around a little bit, doesn't it? Didn't Dave Aranda just sign a Baylor extension as well? Yeah, Aranda, so. Michigan. I mean, there's one constant in, in these four non-top-tier programs. Throw James Franklin in there as well. Penn State, good program, not a top-tier college football program. Uh, it's taken a lot of money and a long-term commitment. But now Michigan State, Penn State, Wake Forest, and Baylor – have all locked up their coaches who have been pursued by others. Maybe this shift we've been talking about, where the middle tiers are more equipped than ever to keep their coaches and more desirable than ever, maybe we're starting to actually see that come to fruition. One coach get fired, five coaches get raises. Yeah, sexing at work. But seriously, yeah. I mean, well, maybe and, some and of these guys are like you mentioned, are looking around like, you know, I could leave. Baylor and go to Florida. And if I go to the SEC championship and the next year have a slightly down year, I'm looking for a job again. Or I could stay at Baylor and have a down year. And they're like, that's okay. You'll get them next year, coach. Yeah. 
So, Sonny Dykes is going to be the new head coach at TCU. Louisiana Tech has fired Skip Holtz. Mel Tucker has officially signed his deal at Michigan State, 10 years, $95 million. Dave Aranda signed an extension at Baylor, reportedly. Some of the guys that were rumored to be big-time candidates at LSU either have been led to believe that they're not getting that job or weren't interested in it. Isn't this a deal where Scott Woodward is going to make one more run at Jimbo and he's going to get told no, and then he's going to push all the chips into the table and make Lincoln Riley tell him no? And Lincoln will say yes. We think? A lot of smoke. A lot of smoke. I mean, it's not... It's 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 not blue smoke. It's not white smoke. But there's some smoke around Lincoln Riley going to LSU today. Sounds like Billy Napier to Florida is likely. That feels like a Strickland kind of hire, doesn't it? How much pressure does Scott Woodward feel to quickly get the done uh, the deal done for Lincoln Riley? Because if he can't get that done, can he afford to watch Billy Napier go to Florida? That's a good point, yeah. What does Mark Stoops do? That's another where, where I've heard Stoops some. Mark has L- got a great job. He does. I, I've heard some LSU media people say things like, oh, that's just not the splash hire. Who cares? Why yeah. are you so obsessed with that? He's running a better program than the one you've got right now at Kentucky. With far less pressure, a really cool place to live, and a massive salary. And he's going to get a raise, like everybody else. And the next week and a half is going to be really interesting. Really interesting. Enjoy your weekend. Throw a little pulled sausage on the grill. You won't regret that. Thanks for being with us. We will get back to it with you on Monday. What a college football weekend we've got coming up. Good night. Oh, it's incredible! A Super Talk Mississippi media production.